Don't look at this as an act of mercy. On the contrary, I want you alive and well for what's about to happen. Because the real pain is about to begin. Hey guys, this is Ralph Macho. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is William Zapka. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion. And uh, we are here to talk about another episode. Uh, it's been a few weeks, but uh, this is a big episode, not only because of the magnitude of uh, everything that happens in here, but we have a special guest uh, for the first time joining on an episode review. Well, first off, Watch Party, how are you doing, sir? <laughs> I am good. Excited to finally uh, get here and recap this episode. Absolutely, absolutely. So our guest today is, you've heard him before, um, I, I, I wasn't sure if you want me to say your real name, I something <laughs> came up recently, but it. okay, okay, so it. it's Mark, aka Let's Be Water for social media. How are you doing, Mark? <laughs> hey, I'm very, very well, Peter. Very, very All excited right. to see my Cobra Car Companion debut. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, people have heard your voice before when uh, Watch Party and I reviewed episode two, uh, <laughs> Mole. So, um, you know, you're back again. Uh, this is one that that uh, yeah, I'll I'll say requ- requested, but li- lightly. You know, you, you were basically like, hey, you know, if you you know would be uh, open to a guest for episode five, I'd love to do it. I go say no more. You know, episode five, you'll be on it. So here we are. Um, excessive me- excessive measure is that extreme. Is that the- Extreme, extreme measure. I knew that didn't sound right. Yeah, you know, it's definitely not downward spiral, like I said. You're <laughs> I thinking said of uh, you're guys. thinking of excessive force, aren't you? Force. Uh, the great well, Thomas is, uh, yeah, Tiggs movie. That's what it is. Um, but uh Mark, why why this episode? Um, I'm assuming it's your favorite. I yeah, of, of, of this season, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and and of the run, it would it would certainly rank very highly. But I just I think this is this is the episode where we get to see kind of you know peak. Terry Silver, as far as I'm concerned, you know, we, we, we get lots of good stuff before it and lots of good stuff after it, but you know, th- this is where we, the, the kind of the mask, it really does come off. And I think we see all that menace and all of that intensity that, you know, that we all love from the Karate Kid 3. So the show I, should end and this episode with Terry Silver winning. Like I'd that be, should just I'd be it. Done. More than, Boom. More than happy with that. More than happy with <laughs> just that. Just stop right here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Extreme measures, or as I like to call it, the Karate Kid Part Three, Part Two. Um, you know, it's pretty much it is. Um, I, I forgot mm-hmm. to mention this, but it's not even really worth mentioning because it's kind of no news. But um, you know, for those that are maybe not on social media that don't follow uh, any of us. Um, there is currently no news on Cobra Kai season six. It still has not yet uh, been announced. What party have, have you heard of? No teases at all. Nothing. Uh, no, there's been nothing. I mean, really, the only news we have a little bit just is Cobra Kai adjacent stuff. They wrapped, obliterated. Um, 
and you Blue know, Beetle. and I think Blue yeah, Beetle Blue Beetle got a release date. Yeah, um, August twenty third. Does that sound right? Something. I don't, it's it's still a ways off. Oh, that's all. Right, I, right. Um, it has got a really fantastic poster, uh, kind of a metallic design of the Blue Beetle uh, logo. So mm-hmm. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, some Sholo uh, sightings for maybe not quite promoting that yet but he's you know they're they're asking him uh about it but uh, i know he was also um show that is he was also out there kind of uh rooting for um for soccer you know so that, that was a big deal recently or right. is it still going the the world <laughs> cup um i i um for, well for let's ask the, the man where football as they say yeah, football. back in england <laughs> yeah so for us english of course it, it's not still going uh sadly we were uh we were knocked out by france uh, on saturday saturday evening but I mean, here's a weird thing so as a, as a fan of like right i know um <laughs> and i and, and you know and for football fans in on you know on penalties without it even going to a penalty shootout which if you know english football history is is kind of just salt in the wound a little bit but mm. the, the funny thing is i grew up as a fan of it. I, i'm going to say your guys football right the nfl okay. So, yeah. you know, whenever I'm talking to Americans, I always have to make the distinction of, you know, yeah, uh, you know, I'm a big football, no, your football, not, you know, <laughs> not soccer, your, your football. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a role reversal here. Do you have a team, uh, NFL uh, team I'm a, that you I'm a Broncos. I'm a Broncos fan, you know. Okay. Oh, Just okay. I'm going to date myself slightly and say I'm a John Elway guy. Okay. I, I, I know the name. I... Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's interesting. I know that uh, uh, Akihiro um, Kitamura, uh, he was following uh, Japan, obviously, you mm. know, previous uh, interviewee who played uh, young Sato, for those that don't know, uh, and uh, definitely a bunch of people following Mexico, like like Sholo, which I've, it, it was really funny. Um, somebody had shared the clip, like like a news clip, <laughs> where he, he, he was being asked about it. He like he turns around and it's, it's very nonchalant. And uh, apparently the, the person with the microphone did not recognize him as one uh, Sholo Maradueña. So I thought that was hilarious. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, wait a minute, it's a bit take. Wait, is that is that, that Shalom? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, then let's see who else is rooting for anybody else. So, uh, I'm I, who, what, who are still in right now? Um, in the World Cup, in the running, it's down now to like, um, who is it, Morocco, Argentina, France, um, I want to say in Croatia, I think. So, it's it's not, it's not for you know, it's not four teams that you would have kind of. At the start of that tournament, expected, expected, to, you know, France, yeah, I think definitely. Mm-hmm. But you know, Brazil that makes going that exciting, right? They're, they're kind know? of all underdogs. Um, it sounds like, yeah. So you know, it's and and I think you know this is why us Brits kind of felt like we had a chance of it being our year, you know. But there we go. Wasn't yeah, to be. Yeah. Well, th- this one uh, is is going to date this episode a little bit, but that's all right. You know, this was <laughs> it was a huge one. It sounded like you know, I, I feel this is the most I've ever heard about the World Cup as it's happening. Um, you know, social media, but not a whole lot of other things are going on around in the world. Uh, no. But yeah, again, that, that's pretty much it for the news uh, for Cobra Kai uh, and adjacents. Um, obliterated, uh, finished filming. Mm-hmm. Um, we're waiting on more news from Twisted Metal uh, from showrunner Michael Jonathan Smith, writer of Cobra Kai, and Sholo's film, right? No other things from Jacob. I know uh, Peyton had that one movie. Uh, Oh yeah, was it like a movie a, or a series? No, it was there was a movie. It was, it was a movie. That's right. It, like, I know it, was, it, was it was like, like a demand. direct 
not not direct to yeah on demand that's that's the word i'm looking for like it was a go pay for it or something um <laughs> right uh it, it's the friendship game for for those that are interested yeah. the friendship game um and that's probably it i don't think any new announcements on projects but uh as you know the last thing that we understood uh was that after obliterated was uh wrapped or whatever that's when they would um kind of start the writing process ish you know for for cobra kai but it also hasn't yet been announced but that doesn't mean that they can't start it either you know yeah it's worth noting seasons um yeah four and five they they did they we're writing this season long before it was ever announced. Um, right. So, and uh, season five was unofficially, uh, unofficial, unofficially greenlit uh, at the end of one of the season four trailers. You know, it just says yeah. season five in training or something like that. So, so that was kind of the reveal, you know? So that was kind of like, uh, I, I thought it was a kind of, um, I don't that know, was like season four, right? Was it season four? Yeah, because okay. it was when four, it, three to it four. started on on um, Netflix. Netflix. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Misremembering the details, I I knew that it seemed a little bit longer ago for it to be you know between seasons four and five, so that makes right. more sense. Yeah. Really. So okay. All right. So Extreme Measures episode five hundred five. Uh, this one was directed by, and he's becoming quickly, uh, quickly becoming like one of my favorite writers. But I I like them all. I love all the writers. But Bob Dearden, uh, who has mm-hmm. written uh, many of the, uh, well, not many, a, a couple of the uh, the previous season finales or mid season finales, but very memorable episodes for sure. But Bob Dearden uh, writes this one and. Uh, Returning guest director is uh, Jen Salata. Now, I believe the last one she did was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, gl- uh, gl- uh, Party Time, right? Wasn't that one of her? Um, it might Yikes. have been. She's done like two episodes each season, right? So I don't uh, remember. I, I, I feel we were missing her like around three or four, like somewhere around there. Uh, I'm just going to pull it up real quick because I know for sure that the first time that I recognized her name was from... Um, uh escaletto uh, from season one and that was like the shortest season of that episode and so much happened uh and she yeah. did episodes four and five of season two right um two three or maybe three and four three and four of season two. Oh gosh you could be right I, i'm trying to look up the um uh, for for season four let's see so she's got yeah. season two she did lull and glory of love Oh, okay. okay, I'm wrong. Season one, was, uh, was Escalado, uh, three or four, Escalado and Cobra Kai never dies. Uh, s- season three, she returned for Obstaculus, uh, right? Obstaculus, that one. And then she also directed The Good, Bad, and The Badass. And she did not come uh, return for season four, then back again for season five, just for extreme measures. So we only got her once this uh, this season. Oh, okay. Yeah, but a fantastic episode. And when I saw that it was her name, it made sense. Uh, but I, I am curious, and she's definitely one that I would uh, try to reach out to. Uh, just the idea of like her not being in season four, and I, I want to pick her brain on how it was to kind of just jump into season five. And you got like all these brand new ass characters, you know, and, and how to kind of figure out how to work them in and stuff like that. So, um, all right. And well, what, what, what you read? Oh, I, I'm just I like, I'm totally misremembering this. Like, it's like, I, I feel like I jumped realities. I even tweeted that a few days ago. Like, I what? felt like there was a shift in the matrix or something. Right, right, right. And like, yeah, I, I swear, 
Jen Collada had directed like episodes three and four of season two. She had directed episode six of season three, King Cobra, but it's like someone else. Like, it's like my memory is completely different from, Mm. I'm sorry. Like, so that's why, like, I'm just saying, like, I feel like I shifted a reality or something because I swear it was Jennifer had directed those episodes. And and, Uh, and if you follow me on Twitter, you remember like this past week, I tweeted something like that. Like I, (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, anyway, no. let's just go I on. Did. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. completely asked yeah. about the cat. Did you see a yeah. cat? Deja vu. Right. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we had that discussion. But no, I just loved your audible. Like, wow. <laughs> I was like, what, what, what happened? So, all right. So, uh, as always, Amy provided the, the synopsis. Uh, she writes, Stingray is willing to push any concerns about the unholy alliance he's entered into uh, with Terry aside if it means he gets Johnny's old uh, Cobra car. Uh, car with a, with a K. I, I see what you're doing there. Uh, Tori, meanwhile, is skeptical about all of it, probably because, as revealed at the end, she's been visiting Crease, getting his side of things, and delivering cryptic messages to the LaRussos. Johnny is really starting to understand the non-criminal parts of the internet and uses it to repeatedly trick Robbie and Miguel into spending time together. It doesn't entirely work, but Johnny takes inspiration from Daniel, and they all come together in the end, a little bruised but fairly happy about their growing family, all about Olive Garden breadsticks. Amanda's trip to Ohio reveals that Jessica is her cousin and that this is a family more than happy to engage in real in a middle-aged mom bar fight. It also serves to remind us that Jessica lived in the world of the third film and knows a lot of very important things. Daniel is on a downward spiral since Amanda left and the kids, and let's be real, he kind of kind of misses Johnny. Terry, meanwhile, misses beating the crap out of Daniel and lures him to Stingrays <laughs> to do just that. That attack brings Johnny, Amanda, Chosen, and Sam together as a kind of martial arts Voltron to put an end to this insanity once and for all. There you go. There you so go. Uh, recapping everything as always, I think she uh, nailed everything there. Love as a martial arts Voltron. That's yes. I, yeah, I've, I, I'm kind of surprised maybe that she went with Voltron and not like, you know, kind of the... Uh, it's probably closer to Rangers. her what she like well, voltron well, careful, was before careful. me <laughs> voltron was before me that's all i'm saying like i don't know <laughs> i feel like you're trying to say something else um, but, but let's see here um okay i got mark's point of view watch part that i asked you kind of your initial thoughts about this uh particular episode um i i definitely i know it's one of the the more um popular episodes of the season um because i was thinking about that um yeah definitely it's it's a it's one of the top episodes i was thinking the, the season is kind of like this hills and valleys where it starts off really really great a lot of people don't really like episodes three and four and then we got like the midpoint here it's really good and then and then it ends strong like um but this is definitely uh one of the more um loved episodes of this season so yeah, yeah, I I echo everything you just said there. Um, I don't know if I have a clear favorite episode. I mean, they they just run into each other. They're all very important, and there's a lot of uh, parts from each episode, uh, even episode four. You know, for those that kind of remember some of the feedback uh, towards the end of our review of that episode, a lot of people were, were kind of down on the um, the 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 water park uh, sequence the most really, mm-hmm. uh, but everything else, you know, with, with Terry Silver, every, everyone loved, but 
Uh, okay, well, we'll just uh, jump right into it. Um, we're at the Cobra Kai flagship dojo, and we mm-hmm. see Tori taking out some frustration on one of those advanced punching machines. Uh, a few of the Cobras are taking notice, including Big Red in the background there. Uh, a few, let me see, Terry Silver is leading a group in some exercises, and along, uh, along comes a Stingray who wanders in and is in awe of the amenities and um, doesn't really receive the warmest of welcomes. Was it not a warm welcome or oh, from Terry Silver? It was. Oh yeah. You know, like, uh, so, so let me start off with that question. I mean, based on everyone's kind of uh facial reaction there, like is everyone kind of talking? Cause it, it almost sounds like they, like everyone thinks that um, there's something shady with Stingray, right? Like, 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 like almost that he kind of came, they're blaming him, right? For, for Kreese's arrest is it, kind of my read of their faces because it, it had to be Terry Silver to kind of explain like, Hey, this, this guy, you know, he did what needed to be done or I don't know. I, I forget the entire speech, but that, that kind of changes everyone else's attitude. And that's when they applaud him, uh, applaud him, you know, which was kind of like a, a, a 180 from what they on, were on, on Silver's cue. Cause he says, yeah, yes. he says, let's give him the welcome. Um, but I don't, um, I don't know. Um, cause I, I, I read it as kind of confused, confused, almost confusion. Like if you know, think, think about it, a, a lot of these are new students. So not necessarily familiar even with, with, with those events. And, and, you know, I read it more of as a kind of a, you know, who, who is this guy for a lot of them? I think the only one is, I think you get a, a fleeting glance of, of, of Dita. If, 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 if that, if I've got the name right. That yeah. you know, just just briefly for a split second, who who would of course recognise him? Um, so I, I don't know. I I kind of read it at first watch as more of a like, you know, who's this guy and why is he here? Um, you know, given given that so many of them will be these these new recruits under this new era. Right, right. I I think for me, the one that stands out the most is probably uh, who could be. Well, the actress played Lexi DeMarco, you right. know, um, uh, Hannah Duffler, and so like the. And so if if we are to think that's also Lexi, which, you know, there's no confirmation it is, you know, she she could just be another background uh, Cobra Kai student. But mm-hmm. uh, if that's Lexi, she she knew what happened, right? Because Stingray hosted mm-hmm. the party re- uh, previously. So mm-hmm. to some of those um, students, that might have been the last time they saw Stingray was at that uh, at the, the after party from prom. And then the next thing they know, they hear the thing about crease, maybe. Um, but you're right, uh, Mark. You know, a lot of those students are new, so kind of the same reaction, I suppose, when the first time Stingray entered a Cobra Kai uh, dojo is kind of like, "Who's this guy?" He's like, you know, thirty, forty years old. So, well, and I guess it was it was the gossip in the dojo too about what happened and mm-hmm. and everything. So, um, in fact, because they were even kind of talking about it, and in. Silver even brings it up, I think, in episode two at the beginning where he talks about Sensei Crease or something. So it's like it was like I guess it's like the gossip and everyone, at least initially, is like, oh, you know, like you see that the person the gossip was about. Right. So maybe that's kind of the reaction that was going through to everyone there. Yeah. Um, Let's see. We cut to Olive Garden where we see Miguel. Wait, the Comorable Beal. We got to talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I can't believe. Okay, so so we'll, we'll get to the get to it, but let me start off with this question: When's the last time you got uh, either of you guys heard anybody say "heavy"? 
Back to the Future? Isn't that what Marty yes. always says? Yes. So 1985 is the I think that's the, the only time I've ever seen that. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I feel I feel like Bob Gale might have said something that he was like, yeah, that didn't catch on. It, it could have been another um, another quote in there somewhere. You know, it's just one of those things. But yeah, I I. I I didn't try bringing it, bringing it back, but uh, you know I'm very aware of my surroundings and the people I'm around with, and so I will only use heavy around the people that uh, kind of get the reference. <laughs> just if I can, just just before we skip though onto the car, there's one one thing that I really stood out with me in that so that when he walks in and, and Silver's giving his little kind of you know pep talk kind of thing, there's a there's a really clever moment with with Paul to Hauser where kind of Terry pats him on the back as a kind of you know a comforting thing. Mm. and you see him flinch like he flinches and cut you know like uh, i just thought it was a really brilliant moment of kind of what from him whether that was improv or whether it was in the script i thought it was a great moment but again for me as a a terry silver fan it's just it's double underlining in red that you know that that's the damage it's done psychologically on him i thought it was a really nice touch oh absolutely yeah there's i can only imagine everything that's running through his head right you know he's mm. he obviously got um, um brutally attacked by by this man and he hears all these words and you know he, he he does kind of flinch during that one point but then there's the other point where he's talking about like yeah you know he's a soldier stand, standing tall or whatever then he you mm. know he has he has to kind of adjust himself and stand erect mm. you know so i kind of like that too so there's a lot of uh, going on uh in stingray's mind right now yeah but uh yeah for for what happened uh he gets uh rewarded question mark you know with the cobra kai mobile which i uh watch party i feel was in our uh prop beds perhaps for season five the return of the cobra mobile at some point oh man i don't remember it probably it could oh, have gosh. been yeah yeah I, we really got to go back and uh at the very least uh at the very least a riff reveal of all the results mm-hmm. or results episode or something but mm-hmm. um yeah a heavy whoa heavy i was like okay yeah again i haven't heard that since 1985 but mm-hmm. uh you know a very similar uh sequence that we saw in episode was it 106 107 when uh johnny gives miguel his old old um gi you know stingray yeah. yeah he gets one in the back of the vehicle as well so mm-hmm. i saw a bit of a parallel there but i, I love how um paul walter hauser or i guess stingray in this in the sequence uh he how he touches like the stitching of the sting the stingray you know as like a right. baby trying to feel something you know the texture yeah. for the very first time so i really love that for him yeah definitely um he's feeling it like it's real you know yeah right 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 you yeah. know because uh it, it made me think like it has definitely not like the previous ones i go wait a minute well the previous one probably has stitching because I, I guess I'll, my mind was also going to like uh uh cobra kai like costume geese you mm-hmm. know which was probably just iron nons but um yeah i, I love that yeah, and I just never expected um, Stingray to end up with the Comer Mobile, although it kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and um, I guess to nobody's surprise, Terry has a car guy, right? Mm-hmm. So he so if he has a car guy of all people, I mean, can you imagine like what other guys he has in his pocket? You know that can mm-hmm. find things for him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of adds to that. Uh, any other thoughts on the on the Cobra Mobile? Not me. No, I think, again, other than that, it's a great example, isn't it, of one of those things where, like, even if you thought it was going to reemerge, you you wouldn't necessarily have guessed how it was going to reemerge, you know, which is something they talk about all the time, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. 
we cut to Olive Garden where we see Miguel had just arrived, only to find Robbie sitting by his lonesome, where he usually sits with uh, Johnny, maybe. I'm not sure because Miguel knew where to go, right? Johnny wasn't there yet. And so yeah. Yeah, that's uh, why I, I couldn't I couldn't figure out like was Johnny late? I think I was like maybe he was he was in the John or something. Yeah, know. yeah. He's like, hey, you know, go go sit down. Uh I gotta go take a leak, you know, or, or something. I I'm I'm not sure. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Miguel knew where mm-hmm. to go, but Robbie was already sitting there. So is that the seat that they, you know, always sit Johnny at? Because Johnny clearly isn't a stranger there. Uh, and uh, but but also, I, I I guess the reason I question that, because he wasn't being escorted by a host or a hostess. Right. Like we only see a server a little bit later on. Yeah. Usually. But that, that's there's a cut scene where he was with the hostess. Oh, wait, um, wait. Was it the hostess, Emily Abbott? Right? Abbott, yeah, um, yeah. Emily. Yeah. 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 yeah that's that's their um, well, one of their uh, assistants that I, I met her three years ago now yeah hmm. yeah you know, when, when i went down to the their sony office so yeah. she's the one that i was coordinating with uh to go down there um i like the scene uh i like the, the there's this one moment that uh what God, what does he say it's like yeah oh, oh where the server something like uh, this, this guy knows what i'm talking about he's like yes i do <laughs> You know, like, yeah, like, I, I, I yeah, that I like that Johnny loves Olive Garden because it just it just feels right, like in a way. Um, it's like he discovered Olive Garden after the incident at Applebee's, right? You know, he's like they, they treat me like family here. You know, it's the one chain restaurant he's still allowed in, presumably. Yeah, right. It's it's the breadsticks, you know. To to Johnny, like that's that's like um, watch part. I feel like you've used. Uh, when, when we were talking about like Terry and his coffee choices, what what was the the, the phrasing or the, the high end? Or is it high end oh, that you were saying? Right. So this is like his high end restaurant, you know, like all right. Bar, like this is super fancy. So so, so you you can't act like Peak Johnny inside uh, Olive Garden. You know, you gotta be <laughs> you gotta be respectable. <laughs> so. Yeah. With, I like how Johnny just kind of comes in. He's like, I know you broke up with your girlfriends. Like, like <laughs> it's just kind of like dismissing, yeah, the the whole thing and, and the, the constant drama that goes on. He just like ignores it. Yeah, um, you, you make a good good point because like just filling in the gaps here, it kind of makes me think that at some point both boys has has spoken to him about the breakup, right? Like he he uh, Miguel mentioned it to Johnny previously, right? Mm-hmm. And so, as far as we know, Robbie hasn't yet. But but it's interesting it does, about Peter um, because there's there's also you you just get a fleeting. I mean, assuming that nothing you see is is by accident. When yeah. when when he says that, you do get a there's a very quick shot of kind of Robbie almost raising his eyebrows and looking Miguel's direction as if to say, "Oh, really? You yeah. know, like he's learned something new at that point." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good face acting from everyone because uh, I believe it. Yeah, Robbie does uh, another moment a little bit later on here. Um, and does anybody remember the story about the server, how he got this role? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think for me, that's, you know, when I, when, I, when I watch this back subsequently, I've got that story in the back of my mind and it just kind of <laughs> just underlines what what great job that guy does in this i mean you know assuming this is essentially the experience you'd get if this guy was serving you in your restaurant i just think he's fantastic you want to give the uh, listeners some context for those that are not on social media yeah like i can't remember who the interview was with but i think this was this was john talking about how kind of like when they're shooting in atlanta there's a restaurant that they go to and this guy was their server i've got that right 
Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think it's an Italian restaurant, not Olive right. Garden, but like an uh, Italian yeah, yeah. restaurant. Yeah. I know. It was, yeah. it was, but and and they were kind of they just loved his demeanor. And uh, didn't it start with kind of like let's write it in this style, and then got to well, actually, why don't we just get him to do it? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of yeah. how I remember it went. Yeah, and it, it may not have, it may not have been um, um, been in an interview. Like it could have even been on Twitter. Uh, I, Possibly, I feel. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it, he was he answered somebody, and that was kind of a fun story. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's see here. The uh, uh, so we're back at the Larusso's, and a disheveled Daniel is walking around the living room. Uh, he picks up a family pick and uh, ponders, how did I let Terry Silver get into my head? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you just mentioned we were talking about the coffee. And I, I made a note that they have this cheap little coffee machine right next to their $2,000 espresso machine. <laughs> like, because Josie goes for a cup of coffee. And I thought, what the heck? That's funny. Yeah, because that's, uh, I wonder if it's the same like, because, uh, you know, they had to recreate that, right? So, so they're no longer filming in the house because it was up for sale. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if, like, I, I guess maybe pictures, you know, from like the continuity book or something, right? Like, like how, how do they uh, kind of match up the, you know, the, the props and the items that were all in that kitchen or in the household uh, for that matter? You know, I wonder if they had to match everything or did they get the same same stuff from that house? So. That'd yeah, be, I'm sure uh, they just question. bought all the same stuff, but um, I don't think that coffee machine was there before. I I didn't double check, but I don't know. Yeah, and just it, it, yeah, new. You know, mm-hmm. you think the cheap one is new? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the the espresso machine's been there since the beginning, so I don't know. Because I thought like right. they just put it in there because chosen walks to it. Like maybe it was like written in the script. Um, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he's a man of habit. He's a man of routine. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's kind of, uh, was it, you know, maybe, maybe Daniel bought that for him. That's uh, a machine he's familiar with, maybe. (laughs) He doesn't like, he doesn't need anything fancy, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We go to Amanda's mother's house where we meet uh, Mama Joanne Steiner. Wait, Um, wait, wait. wait, wait. We missed the newspaper. We should, we should talk Mm. about that. Oh, I missed (laughs) the newspaper. Because they, they spot the newspaper. Yeah. Um, so, so I got a, uh, I got a sidetrack on the coffee machine. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, <laughs> chosen. Uh, we co- we there... covered the really important stuff first. <laughs> yeah, That's why you come here. <laughs> um, yeah. So chosen rummaging through the mail. You know, it's it's yeah. it's it's fine. You know, he's he's currently a tenant there. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, and it finds a newspaper clipping of uh, of an article with crease and stingray and somebody wrote liar on it uh this kind of went over my head uh during my initial watch you know it, it i was more uh more so like a pay, uh, paying attention to like the dialogue and kind of other things i didn't even really read the article at first or the he- headline you know or what was written on it right yeah i i mean well i i saw it but i thought the funny thing is i didn't know who it was from i i assumed it was from um um um, from stingray right like because we just reintroduced him and like and you saw that in the episode you know stingray was unsure of himself so um like maybe this was like stingray's way of trying to make right 
Yeah, um, yeah. His conscience getting to him. Or... Yeah, yeah. His conscience getting to him. So, and, and I think that is intentional in the the writing and directing and everything. You know, we were reintroduced to Stingray, and then we get this mystery, um, put and with with an address on it, even so, um. But yeah, that's 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 what I thought originally. So um, they did a good job at fooling me on my first watch. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, the, th- the thing I love about this is is the sort of the positioning of Crease as this kind of jigsaw type figure. You know, like from from the kind of the Saw franchise. This suddenly this sort of cerebral mastermind. You know, uh, of course we don't know that at this point. It's it's revealed toward the end of the episode, but just kind of <laughs> you know, this guy's sort of you know, fearsome and, and and all of those kinds of things. But now we know he's got the string to his bow of of, of this kind of, uh, you know, this this game playing from, uh, you know, remotely with his own sort of puppet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, and also, um, you know, we only get a little bit of him and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I do remember, I feel, I feel Hayden said this somewhere, like Watch Party might have even been in like one of your streams, maybe not. But I feel it was Hayden that kind of said that, you know, they wanted us to kind of forget about Crease for a little bit in the middle, mm-hmm. in the middle there. So that way when they, they bring did, it back. Yeah. yeah. They, they said yeah. that somewhere. Yeah. That, that, you know, you, they're going to go almost half the season without Crease. So the point where you kind of moved on and you aren't thinking about them. Um, and it, and it works. And I say right? that firmly yeah. from a point of hindsight, you know. But but you you know you you're right. At this point, you're not even considering that as an option, are you? Because it has been anonymous to this point. Right. 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 And and you know, unless you were doing a binge, you know, you kind of forget like some other bad things that happened in the previous seasons with him too. I feel. Mm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Amanda's mother's house. Yep. So we meet okay. uh, uh, Joanne Steiner, who is Amanda's mother. Um, I, I'm sure. Joanne is, is somebody that Bob Dearden knows, but just throwing it out there, that's my wife's name too. You know, could could be could be a nod, could be, oh. you know, maybe not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's playing some cribbage uh, as we get a knock at the door and we find out that uh, Jessica Andrews is uh, Amanda's cousin. So Jesse and Mandy, um, they reunite. So my jaw dropped when this happened. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Yeah, I I basically my my reaction was very much no fucking way they did it. You know, it, it was the same reaction I had with um uh with Allie, you know, be, because I was just like they they actually did it, right? Like I I I thought that you know, it was too it was too easy, you know, everyone's expecting it, so maybe they weren't going to do it. You know, like this is when we were still feeling out the uh, the whole, you know, um uh, you know, to take a quote from Josh Hill, you know, we like to use the viewers' expectations against them, right? So I thought, mm-hmm. okay, maybe that would be not giving us Allie when we've been wanting it, but to to kind of throw us off with episode two or three with the fake doctor, or she's a real doctor but not Allie, and then bring her on uh, in episode nine. I guess this is season three. Uh, if if I said. Mm-hmm. 203 i meant uh, 303 but yeah that was a huge surprise this one was and you know we'll get to it when we get to it but i just i, I love the way she was used here uh in, in this episode yeah i, I agree I, I thought i thought it was it was you know the the return of legacy characters at this point is is less surprising than it might otherwise be but i thought the 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 you know the, the way they've worked this return yeah. And who she is in the in the grand scheme of things is what you know what really shocked me with this one. You know, I I, I thought it was so clever. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just I I think I because I was still watching it 
live. I was live streaming and I, and I was just stunned silence. Like I was trying to figure it out. And now we had seen, if you were saw that Blake Lively was at the premiere. So like it was, it's okay. She's probably going to show up at some point. Um, He just didn't know. And, and um, so, yeah, that was, it was total uh, shock to me. Like, in fact, like a lot of things in this scene shocked me. Like weirdly, you, um, I was also shocked. Um, oh, wait, well, you know what? It wasn't this scene because you you mentioned it, but it actually wasn't the scene. I'll, I'll wait um, till because so, um, it's at the bar. Okay. Um. Um. um but yeah, yeah. I, like I just like it. It probably took me a good at least minute to like just even process it. <laughs> oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I'm not trying to brag but you know since i i saw an early screening of it um mm-hmm. w- so so i knew that robin mm-hmm. lively was in right, it so right. when the, the premiere happened was it was it like two days before the, yeah, it was like two days okay so two, the premiere happened two. and when when it was revealed that robin lively was there i was like that i, I, I thought that was more shocking to me uh, uh you know then, then knowing that she was like in the season i was like why the hell like this ruined everything you know that that was my opinion mm-hmm. then this was um this was somebody revealing that that Bruce Willis was was dead all along in six six cents, right? I was like, no, like you guys, <laughs> you guys took the reveal away from those people. But but many people were still very surprised uh, because mm-hmm. you know she was out there saying like, oh well, you know my friends are in town, you know from the crowd to get three, and I just wanted to, to support my friends, that kind of thing. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, good. At least you know she's trying to throw off the scent, you know. And and I was mm-hmm. also. I wasn't doing a whole lot of it, but I was trying to do like some little damage control. Like, oh yeah, that's, you know, how, how cool is it to see them all together again? Kind of thing, you know, trying to just, yeah. I was just like, oh my God, she's there. Why is she there? Like, <laughs> that's a big secret. <laughs> yeah. So that, so I, I, I'd i be interested on, on kind of hearing that because clearly, you know, like it, it wasn't, wasn't a surprise, right? Like Robert Lively mm-hmm. didn't literally just like stop by, right? Like clearly she wasn't invited and all that stuff. So I kind of want to hear right you know like maybe what was tb3 thinking uh like how would the fans react you know when when pictures of robin lively would start surfacing uh that she was at the premiere so yeah 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 really really cool moment uh mark you got anything else on this uh kind of interaction i, I know we get a call back to the uh uh bag of mac, mac and cheese that's your yeah brought. again lovely little touch wasn't it um but yeah no i think obviously it was just uh like like you kind of both touched upon but it was I think the rest of it was just processing kind of that, you know, what, what her connection was, not just to, uh, not just to Amanda, but of course what that meant for years of stuff we haven't seen, you know? Um, Yeah. Just very, very cleverly done. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that um, Amanda's mom says marriage became obsolete when we invented electricity and television. (laughs) I think she's, is she down on marriage? (laughs) <laughs> they, yeah, I, I do wonder why. I mean, we we don't we don't. Uh, have is this, any is kinda... this something to do with the early? You know, is this something to do with the affair? It's maybe. So? I, I, maybe I that's assume that's so. From. That's that's what I thought. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, well, we, <laughs> we have no indication whether she you know remarried or anything, right? Like, we we don't know if there's a stepdad there or whatever. So actually, yeah. she's wearing rings. I'm, I got the the image, and she's got a big diamond, and it looks okay. like a wedding yeah. band on with it. So. Okay. I don't know. She she's never took it off. Or, I don't know. Right. Or there could be a, you know, but but you know, she is, um, you know, the uh, 
it's 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 Amanda, right? That she's talking to. So yeah, so right. you know that first husband. You, you know, if there is a second one, the first husband is is the the the, the bad marriage, right? So she's gonna re- right. make that reference because mm-hmm. Amanda would get that. Um, all right, let's see. So we go to uh, Johnny's apartment. He brings Miguel over, and we find out uh, Johnny's told told him uh, Robbie wouldn't be there. <laughs> And apparently has turned this place into an escape room. Uh, Johnny has been interneting and found strategies for uh, building trust and teamwork through cooperative exercises. Cooperative exercises. So um, I may have got, uh, I may get this wrong. So my apologies. Um, I feel it was Kiara that at least that's, that's my earliest memory kind of, uh, I, I believe she was one of the first like screenshots of like, oh, you know, look at Johnny's uh, artwork. Like he's got some skills here, basically. And uh, she's not wrong. Like you know, we're assuming that Johnny drew drew those, right? Or do we do we think that Rose drew it? Maybe, <laughs> you know, the uh, the wanted posters hanging up. I I are they good? I mean, I guess it's better than I could draw. I'm not the They're artist. Decent. Let's ask the artist. <laughs> yeah. Let's ask the artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so what do you think, uh, El Agua? Yeah, I, so you know, as as I guess as the as the resident artist in the in the group, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think it's a great effort. I was m- more impressed with his, although I shouldn't be. I guess he's clearly, you know, we've established he's a good handyman. But the sculpture, I thought, was 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 more impressive. And I just wonder how many how many days worth of drinking does it take to, uh, you know, create enough empty ca- uh, cause cans to to build a cactus out of. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm sure they were just laying around for the previous days. You know, perhaps, uh, you know, yeah. after he was, he was saving up. them to recycle, right? And then, like, of this, course, <laughs> yeah. good old well, conscientious. But, but also, he recently just cleaned up, right? Like, maybe he cleaned up, and these were all the bottles in the bag or the cans in the bag, and he just opened it back up. But I think my one of my biggest questions about this sequence is that, uh, you know, uh, Miguel comes in and then Robbie comes out of his room, but has no reaction to all the setup. So do you think it's more of like he has tunnel vision because he sees Miguel there or it's like Robbie already stepped out a few times and, and saw what was going on? Right. Like, like, yeah, point- I think like Robbie just expects crazy things in Johnny's place. <laughs> like, I think yeah. that's that's almost part of the joke of the whole thing. Like, yeah. he just walks through like. Or whatever. Yeah, it comes through <laughs> like, the double doors. It's just, yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I heard some, you know, hammering and whatnot earlier, I guess. But I, I love how like Rose comes in and she hits like a specific mark. So like she, you know, her and Johnny, like I like to imagine that they, they were rehearsing a few times, right? Because she even has like her a line <laughs> that she's written in her hand. Really sweet moment. Right. I think just by just the, the thing that really got me with that bit is, is, is so I didn't pick up on the young guns too. Like I didn't understand that's what he was kind of reading out, but just the yeah. bit where he says, you know, you're Chavez, obviously, just like so subtly, but like that was, I think that line really got me. See, <laughs> it, know, was, it was, it was happening, uh, it was happening uh, way too fast for my mind to process. But when he said Spurlock, I was like, that, that, that name sounds familiar. And then once like, you know, Young Guns too, I was like, oh, that's right. I think Spurlock was Kiefer Sutherland's character. If right, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember the last time I saw Young Guns 2, but uh, I reviewed the first Young Guns like, I don't know, four or five years ago. And I enjoyed it so much. I was like, man, I got to go back and rewatch part two. And, and uh, I was holding off to do like a review of that. I didn't want to just watch it because um, I was like, well, you know, I, I, w- I want to do both movies if I could. It just never got uh, around to it. But I, I don't know if either of you guys seen it in recent memory, but I, I do wonder 
if um, the 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 specificity the 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 re, you know, him bringing up i guess it could be because of the plot but young guns too like I, I don't know if this says anything about like johnny liking maybe this like um the sequels that maybe are not so great to the original kind of thing you know like the whole like iron eagle versus Although there's uh, like a gun. meta thing to it the whole thing yeah yeah you know um, uh, perhaps i don't know anything know. about that that's a, that's an interesting take um, it's a specific kind of a, choice yeah. again though isn't it and again you just yeah. have to assume that it's it's come from somewhere if it's not plot driven it's you know s- somebody in the you know somebody in the writing team's got an affinity for that film none, none of this mm-hmm. stuff is comes from thin air does it yeah yeah because i i feel like in my first interview with uh john josh and hayden like there was a reference made to iron eagle and i i feel hayden might have said something about iron eagle um you know, just kind of like a little jab at it. And I think Josh Hill was like, hey, 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 you know, like he was defending it as, as it was a good film, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like I'm kind of misremembering the details, but yeah. So I, I do wonder why Young Guns 2. So that's something I'm going to look into, but obviously I'm going to try to reach out to Bob Deard and have him return talk about freaking, you know, episode five and 10, mm-hmm. um, which he, he wrote for the season. Uh, anything else about this particular sequence? Uh, um, yeah, thoughts? I had yeah. something because, you know, because you know your your word for the season was like maturation or whatever everyone's yes. maturing or something and i i remember like i even noticed um from robbie like so so this episode obviously the one of the major plot lines here is miguel and robbie you know they're they're just at odds with each other they don't like each other they hate each other but th- but robbie has a line when he comes out he says like you two you have your thing whatever um like in that's a and actually progress from Robbie there because he, he can at least acknowledge that Johnny does have this relationship with yeah. Miguel and, and it's, they got something going and he's accepted that. So, you know, Robbie has already progressed now, even, even before, you know, what will happen at the end of the episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, this was one of those, um, um, not this uh, specific sequence or or moment, but but uh, you know that's an example for for sure that that I picked up on just uh, even uh, Robbie's maturation, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Rosa, there's a part then where Rosa Rosa's talking to Johnny then in Spanish, and he actually replies back to her. So he's he's learning more of that that Spanish here, at least you know from Rosa. He the two of them can kind of communicate in that absolutely way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and there was like no hesitation, right? There, there, there was no, um, right. mm-hmm. you know, he 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 knew immediately uh, that what was what she was saying, and I wonder if it's um like like the line, right? Oh, I I think I screwed it up or something I like screwed, may, right? May, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. may, maybe that's something that he asked of her, like, hey, how do you say this? Because I I seem to do it so often, <laughs> you know, like why, why does he do <laughs> that's that? An <laughs> <interesting> <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> He's, he he looked it up. He googled that one or uh, goggled, goggled. To, uh, <laughs> just so he knows that. One. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving it along. Um, cho- we go to uh, Chosen and Daniel, who decided to follow uh, the cryptic lead that was left in the LaRusso's mailbox, and they find out that it's led them to Stingray's pad. Um, Daniel immediately recognizes it as uh, Johnny's old car uh, that uh, Stingray is driving, and they follow him inside. Uh, did either of you guys recognize the song that uh, Stingray was singing? I don't think I yes. did, no. Yes, so it is. Uh, it's. It's. A, I think it's probably a bit of an Easter egg, or certainly just a, a little touch for for Paul Waterhouser. But it's Chris Jericho's entrance music uh, in 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 All Elite Wrestling. So it's Correct. a little kind of nod and a wink to you know his his very open you know fondness for 
for pro wrestling, I think. So yeah, right. that was a, that was a cute little the, touch. I had that note written down. You know the name of the song? It's Judas, I think. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, and it and it kind of and it kind of took off like the 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 crowd sort of sing it as you know as as kind of Jericho walks to the ring. So um, you know, it's kind of it's like quite a popular thing in its own right. That so anyone watching it would have picked up. You know, any 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 wrestling fans probably would have picked that up. Right, and and I'm not a religious person, but Judas Priest or or Judas, maybe I don't know if that's just like the same person, or whatever. I just know that there's a band called Judas Priest, but didn't Judas also betray Jesus? In there you the Bible go. Or nothing's something? by accident, nothing's right? By yeah, accident. so a little betrayal there, but but also, um, you know, speaking of uh, Easter egg. Uh, I didn't go back and listen to it, but Chris Jericho was on an episode of Kicking It With The Coves. And uh, I believe, you know, I might be misremembering the details, but I do believe that he uh, talks about a song of his being used in Cobra Kai season five, uh, but gave no context. Right. And um, I think he felt it was safe to to kind of reveal that because it gives nothing away, which like you would not have guessed uh, why the song was used. Right. Like, yes, Stingray just happens to be singing it. Oh, yeah, I think I, like I think you get a couple of bars kind of as the car pulls up of of like the actual audio, don't you? But otherwise, yeah, it's him vocalizing as he as he kind of walks through the front door, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Um, it's I did possible up- he didn't know. Was it before it came out? Because it's possible he didn't even know how it was being used. Just that you know they sure. they, they cleared oh, the rights yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you could be right. <laughs> that that could be it too. Again, like um, I'm I'm actually gonna if I remember, I'll go back and listen to it. Uh, and and maybe reference it on the next review or something, but uh, yeah, I, I just kind of remember that. And I'm not familiar with the song, so when when I was first watching it, I was kind of kind of waiting for it. But e- even if I had heard it, like if it, if it was a needle drop, I wouldn't have picked up on it at all. But um, after listening to it a few times, I'm like, man, that's pretty catchy. I, I can see why people like it, you know. Mm. Um, I feel like I was gonna say one other thing. Oh, I did look up the address to this building and it does not exist. Um, they try to give me something close to it. Uh, it, it is not in, I'm assuming Encino, uh, you know, just because it was close. To, I, I'm assuming that this particular building is close to the flagship dojo, so it, it wasn't Encino. Um, and also the address that's very close to it is, is a house. So not even like an apartment building. Mm-hmm. So so I found that interesting. Um, let's see. We go to Jesse and Mandy, uh, Mandy, who bring the kids to a family-friendly establishment and sit over at a bar while Anthony and Sam learn how to play with a baby's toy using their hands. Uh, Mark might get that reference. Um, also, <laughs> sh- shout out to the uh, Cleveland Browns, you know, a... Um, a uh, football team that uh, Hayden and his brother Evan are big fans of, uh, but you know, is the football team in uh, Ohio? So yeah, they they go. The, this whole bar is very full on Ohio. <laughs> like, uh, if you didn't um, know, they were in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, here, they they, yeah. they really hammer it here. <laughs> yeah, I do love uh, it. It's like somebody went, just get us the, the two of the biggest Ohio State flags you can find, and we'll and we'll hang those behind the bar. And yeah, I think it. there's right. like yeah, the Cleveland <laughs> stuff, Ohio State stuff. I think, um, you know, yep. anything anything that they could throw in, you know, Browns, Cavaliers, and Ohio State, the the Buckeyes. I feel the, the, yeah. they're called that. Uh, Nothing from uh, the Reds though. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I thought 
it was very uh, smart of them to not use like posters of uh, players just because that that would probably date the episode. But I don't think that'd be like a huge concern. But I did find it funny that like all the Cavaliers posters, are, they're all the same. You know, so there's like no variation of like, you know, the, you know, mm-hmm. Cleveland Cavaliers team, yeah. anything like that, yeah. who um, the team shout outs to the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They, they seem to be having a pretty, pretty good season um, to start off, start off this year. So shout out to them. But um, so, yeah, so this is where uh, we learn um, the more of the relationship between Jesse and and, uh, and Mandy here. Uh, we also find out that uh, Jessica Andrews is the one that put Amanda in touch with Daniel when she moved to LA. So, so we do have that. Um, I love the the little acting here from Robin Lively when she chokes on was it water or was she eating was she eating peanuts or something or was it the water? Might have been water. Where she chokes about the you know when when Terry Silver is mentioned. Um, yeah, I think she was. I think she was sipping on something. I think, but yeah, right. Yeah. It was just that great sort of display of shock, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think is this the kinda... scene where Terry Silver's mentioned, or is it the next one? Hold on, let me oh. look at the notes again. Um, I that that's as far as I went. You could be right. It could be brought up a little bit later. Because okay. this is where um the, the this one ends with um uh who's it, Mandy? Um, yes. Maybe they just sat down and then like uh, uh, or, or, or Lizzie, Anthony Lizzie, 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 yeah, Liz, yeah. She because um she calls her Lizzie, right? Um, yeah. The the thing and, and, and well, that's, she she gets she gets called everything. She gets called by her last name, her nickname, and her government name, Elizabeth. So Elizabeth, she gets called yeah. Lizzie Ann. Then she gets called Rooney. Uh, yeah. I, I might be mixing up the order, but uh, but and then Elizabeth, uh, I think was the last one that uh, Robin calls her later on. But uh, we, we we can come back to it. Um, I might have just been uh, adding some thoughts to that myself to to the prompt here. Uh, um, because, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and then so this is where I I mentioned earlier because she calls her Steiner Amanda yeah. Steiner. Oh, yeah. This is right. where this is where we get Amanda's name, and that was another thing that actually shocked me in the moment because like. Like it, it probably shouldn't have, but in my head, all this time, um, Amanda was was a very Italian, uh, and I always imagined Amanda and Daniel as this like very Italian couple. They're out in in California with you know doing their Italian ways and the espresso machine and the Italian ways. <laughs> and then it is Steiner. It's like it's German. What's your, oh, what the heck? So yeah, um, but it, and and I think they did that because Courtney Hengler is probably German. Uh so it. So they gave her a German name um, in the show, uh, but now I, I'm still going to headcanon. She's half Italian, so um, that's, what was, uh, that's what I was about to say. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe she's half. You know, uh, yeah. maybe Amanda's half. Uh, I, w- one of my things is like, I don't know if if anyone knows whether Courtney is left or right-handed. Um, I've always kind of wondered because I feel it was in season one, maybe like episode 109 or something, like uh, Sam and and Amanda are at the table and they're both using left uh, their left hand. And and it made me wonder, like, is Courtney left-handed too? Because I know uh, Mary is. And was that like a conscious decision to have like mother and daughter both be left-handed unless both actresses I, are just, you know, happen to be left. I think that it would be a coincidence. Um, yeah. I don't, that, that's not genetic anyway. So oh, it's not? Um, no, I don't think so. Oh, it has to do with something like, before you're born or something, or at least that's what they think. I don't know. Um, oh. I, I just assume because um, my 
my son that is left-handed, his he has one uh, aunt and uncle that are also left-handed. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was genetics. So um, somebody smarter than me will know uh, yeah. and, and, and correct me. Um, so we cut back to Johnny's apartment where we see him trying to remove the glue from his windows. Uh, he hears a knock on his door and apparently couldn't see Daniel because half of his window blinds was blocking him, uh, at least from our vantage point. But uh, yeah, uh, Daniel shows up drunk and uh, needs Johnny's help against Terry Silver. Yeah, and so Daniel's um, getting himself into it now. So this is the um, the reversal, essentially, from where we've been in the series so far. Um, Johnny's focusing on family stuff. Daniel's unhinged. Um, yeah, and Daniel even says to Johnny, since when do you ever leave well enough alone? So it's yeah. like uh, projecting maybe from from Daniel. Oh, no, absolutely. That, the line of the, you, you started this whole Cobra Kai thing. Right. That, yeah. that line I loved as well. Mm-hmm. But the audacity yeah. now of walking away from it. Right, right. Yeah, because clearly, you know, Daniel blames him since season one. Uh, I also like, uh, well, what does Daniel say? He's like, what do I, you know, he, he kind of references like, oh, you know, you're just going to quit after one tournament loss. So I'm going to have to kick your ass to you'll wake you up again or something. Or there's there's a few things going on there. He like, mm-hmm. calls him a pussy and stuff. So, um, yeah, just a whole side of Daniel. Like he's he's getting he's getting desperate. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say desperate. I mean, Johnny's a pretty good help, but like, yeah, the way he's going at it, all wrong. Yeah, his this is the the descent of Daniel Larusso is basically the the first half of this season, and this is where we're getting to it to, you know, ultimately the the climax of this episode. So like, he's just he's he's going not going crazy, but that's the thing. Like he he knows there's this problem, but like everyone else is kind of doing good and and removed from it. Like you know, Johnny says, you know. Chris is in jail. Robbie's out of Cobra Kai. That's two wins. You know, I'm, I'm out. That's good for me, you know, but like Daniel wants to keep pressing because he still sees the threat and he knows it's there, but like no one else does. And so it's that kind of like that descent and going to madness. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I I love about this bit as well, kind of this whole, you know, throughout this entire episode is this is the Daniel I wanted to see in season four. You know, when Terry showed up and mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, there, there was all that talk of the psychological trauma and how will he how will he react? And and actually he reacted as a very self-assured and confident guy, didn't he? he handled yeah. it brilliantly. Yeah. This, you know, this is kind of, you know, what I maybe wanted or expected then. And, and we got it just a season later. But I think this is what I like is this is where you started to see that unraveling that we maybe thought might happen, you know, as, as, as sort of earlier when Terry re-entered his life. Yeah. But, yeah. but and now that we can look back on it, I think we can see this was the right way to do it. 100%. You know, Daniel was confident and, 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 and sure of himself back in season four, but after the loss and after the, you know, the, the Cobra Kai expanding and then, and then, then Terry Silver twists the screws, so to speak, you know, and now Amanda's often back in Ohio with her family. And it's like yeah. Daniel's that descent of Daniel LaRusso. It's, it's well written. It, very well performed by uh, Ralph too. Um, well, absolutely, yeah. This, this is an entire um, uh, plot right here. It's it's very well constructed. You know, you you watch part. You just said like uh, loosen the screws. Like I would I, I would debate that he 
like uh, well maybe not debate but kind of add to like maybe loosen the screws on the like LaRusso car or like the, the wheels right so the wheels would, would fall off um <laughs> it, it, like they easily could have given us this Daniel in season four which uh Mark like what you're saying I, I feel a lot of people were probably expecting that to me you know like I I don't I, I I can't remember if I was or not, but it, you know it would make sense. I I think I was just jumping on board with everyone else. Like yeah, you're right. You know, like we should have seen like a different side of Daniel that that we didn't quite get, but we do get now with season five. So um, I uh, that's that's the one thing um, I was kind of uh, mentioning in my non spoiler review to kind of uh, go back circle around to that real quick is that uh, I, I mentioned how like season five the the TB three didn't write or direct. Um, but make no mistake, you know, their fingerprints are all, are all over the season. And um, I think one of the other things that people could always expect out of them is um, is patience. You know, they are never mm-hmm. quick to reveal anything like, you know, uh, I always kind of give these examples of like, you know, Daniel LaRusso doesn't get introduced, reintroduced. Uh, until the end of the first episode. Kreese doesn't come back until the last episode of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, all these little callbacks, like uh, one of my favorite mm-hmm. callbacks that I did not know was part of the movie. Like I, I've told people like, hey, yeah, I was a big fan of of the, the Karate Kid. Apologies, my daughter keeps going in and out here. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've always been a big fan of the Karate Kid film, but I could not stand there and go toe-to-toe with, uh, with somebody and exchange quotes. I could not, I was not that guy. So mm-hmm. when I first watched season one and heard and, and I'm repeating a lot of this. I know Anne has made this comment too because I've, I've revealed this before. But uh, calling Daniel Danielle, I, I I just, I was like, ha, ah, that's funny. And when I went back and watched The Karate Kid, I was like, oh, Dutch says that. So like, that's something I didn't pick up on before. Mm-hmm. And so like, they easily could have had Johnny say that like in the first episode, but you know, they, they don't keep their eggs in one basket as Dimitri right. would point out. So, uh, so I do love and that. And there's a great example as well, though, of, of some of these callbacks aren't even delivered in the same format. Right. The, the one that always sticks with me is is um, when Daniel and Chosen reunite kind of in the in the Okinawa episodes. And, and at the end, he gives them the, the, the scroll and says, you keep for your collection. Mm-hmm. And it's and it and it's so vastly different to the way that line's delivered in the Karate Kid 2 that mm-hmm. it took me two or three watches before I even realized it was a callback because, right. of, yeah. you know, how they how they sort of just twisted the delivery of it. I think that, you know, there's there's the callbacks. But again, there's this how how sort of creatively they're delivered. So it isn't just sort of parroting the, the same old line for a, you know, for a quick pop. Right. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing when uh, one of my previous interviews with uh, uh, Michael Jonathan Smith, when we were um, discussing the um, salsa sensei sequence, uh, he asked if I, if, if we had picked up on the, um, the uh, kind of the callback to the credit kid, uh, a quote, Mr. Miyagi, Hey, look, I, you know, Carmen says something like, you know, you know, look at my eyes or, or something, you know, like it was a different variation of it. So when you're because fighting, do you the, look at their feet? I know she right. says that line. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that one. So, you know, just just the context and, and the way it's mm-hmm. delivered is so different. Is it like, you know, for mm-hmm. me, I didn't pick up on it. So when he pointed mm-hmm. it out, I was like, okay, I, I can see it, you know. Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, we, geez, we cut back to Sam and Anthony and Sam just realized that it was a, uh, it was her brother that was picked on at the water park, and she sees this on uh, Hyper Piper's uh, Instagram. So Piper's still around, yeah. just just yeah, Cobra that's, Kai. That's Piper cameo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she's in season five, you guys. Um, I 
Piper does not strike me as a uh, hyper underscore Piper 42 or whatever it was. Like, I, I feel she would she would have had like, um, I you know, I don't want to knock on that name, but I feel like it's something a little bit, a little bit more clever. You know, I don't know. I just well, feel it like rhymes. It does rhyme. No, it does rhyme. Actually, what's her her profile nice picture? It looks like a dog or something. I guess it's a dog. It could be. <laughs> yeah. But you you know, like um for the I don't know, the 10-year-old Instagram users, right? Like, you know, they, they mm-hmm. want to make sure that um that the, the kids that might be looking at that will immediately pick up on okay, Piper, I got it. Penny, mm-hmm. no, D- daddy's recording right now, okay. I mean, it's also just, again, it's it's a clever way of keeping that character in the universe, isn't it? Even if they didn't have access to the actress or, you know, any other yeah. material for it, it just establishes that, that that character is still very much a part of, of what's going on. Right, right. Yeah, there's still exactly like you said, in, in universe. It's kind of like in, in season two when, when, um, Yasmin, what is it? Yeah, they were looking at Yasmin in Paris or whatever. Um, very, very similar way of doing it. What was her uh, uh username? I'm, I'm gonna judge them all. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. uh, <laughs> I mean, because uh, uh, I mean, jo- Johnny Lawrence like was pretty, you know, like we get that one. Sen- what was it? Sensei Johnny Law, uh, wait, I've kind of forget it already. Um, yeah, that, uh, that'd be interesting. There's gotta be a list somewhere of everyone's usernames. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's see. Um, any surprises that Sam didn't know it was him? I, I think if you think about it, and then, you know, kind of, kind of just thinking back to that sequence, you know, like S- S- Sam, she was, um, you know, trying to stay away from like karate things. So if there was like a altercation involving like those, co- I mean, not Cobra Kai, but yeah, Cobra Kai, but also karate related folk, she would, you know, avoid it. And so like, yeah, maybe she didn't see that it was Anthony that was a part of that. Um, he just had yeah, to be sitting next he, to her. Wet. Well, he obviously didn't tell her. Yeah. And, and right. didn't want her to know. Um, and and the, the thing I made a note, and I think it's an interesting thing is because Anthony's like, well, maybe I kind of deserved it. Or something, and and it's kind of yeah. That's what he says. I kind of deserved it, and and that's sort of something a lot of people have talked about. Um, like you know, you go back to season four. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who's like, well, the, when when Kenny kind of went at him at the at, in the locker room, he did kind of like deserve it or something. And then even if like you you were kind of an asshole, at what point like okay, you're done deserving it. Like, <laughs> have, has Kenny gotten his payback? And now it's just gone the other way and it's too much. Yeah, um, I, I think that's also like a little bit of flipping the script as well. Like this is not something that you would have heard Daniel say, right? And, and you know, I don't believe Sam has any, has ever said anything like this. So for, for Anthony to be, at least in my recollection, to be the only LaRusso to admit like, okay, well, maybe it was my fault or maybe it was, you know, maybe something I deserved because of what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, just the acknowledgement, that's something different that we're not used to from a LaRusso. In that self-reflection, yeah, yeah, yeah. So already ahead of uh, you know the his predecessors, I, I suppose. Um, I'm still okay. kind of waiting for the the whole family protector thing, though. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. This is yeah. This is the scene that then it cuts to Amanda and where where um Amanda brings up Terry Silver. So this is yeah. Uh, okay. So this is where he comes up, and then she chokes while drinking the beer. Okay, right. yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I love that little bit. So, um, 
I've I've never like poo-pooed on the Karate Kid three like on on surface like what I didn't like about the third film was how I felt about Daniel and his relationship with Mr. Miyagi, and you know that was all like um the witch was was driven by Terry Silver right like he was he was the one that was a the catalyst for it all but I I just thought that you know Daniel was was a dick to Mr. Miyagi and that always broke my heart and. I think with uh, Jessica reintroducing her um, in the way to be like, yeah, I was there. I witnessed this. They did this to me and they did this to Daniel and Mr. Miyagi's relationship Um, for Amanda to hear that I thought was brilliant, but um, it affects me in the same way as I watched the Karate Kid three. Like uh, every time I hear um, uh, Jessica Andrews tell her version of the story, it makes me uh, tear up every single time so yeah it uh i thought that's i thought this was really good to Mm -hmm. to have her serve this purpose yeah it was a great way to use it it's an interesting perspective as well isn't it because again you kind of you you sort of it's easy to forget that that you know she she didn't come through that whole thing unscathed you know whether it be the you know whether it be kind of um after the bonsai tree planting or whether it be her getting kicked in the bonsai tree shop or you know even the nightclub scene you know she was subject to a fair bit of kind of trauma as a result of all of this as well wasn't she yeah no absolutely and uh like uh, like her kind of uh you know the choking on, on on the beer and then you know when uh, amanda's like well how could you never told me this before like it, it reminds me of like you know I, I guess like every uh you know like nightmare on elm street right where you know, when like, how, how come you didn't tell me about Freddy Krueger? Well, you know, I thought we would move past that. You know, like it, it's kind of that same vibe. You know, like it's a bit of a boogeyman, right? Like, like, well, I I didn't think I needed to tell you. You know, and, and I'm not trying to be funny, but that's that, that's kind of what it takes me to. Like, oh man, like you could have, um, you know, like we've all been traumatized by this Freddy Krueger, but like I didn't, you know, it's been so long since we've seen him. I, I didn't think it was, you know, so that that same sort of vibe. So like, like you know, for for me, it's also kind of scary, right? Like. You know, she was trying to move past it herself and and obviously never thought that she'd hear those, you know, the, that name again. That's such a good take, because, as I say, you know, for all of all of the brilliance that, you know, that we see of Terry Silver, so much of the dialogue adds to that character and that aura. You know, her talking mm-hmm. about him in that way, you know, Stingray flinching. There's a there's another part, you know, when Daniel confronts Stingray in the apartment where He's talking to Daniel, but as he says the words, you know, Sensei Silver is an honorable man. He he looks away. He can't look Daniel in the eyes as he says it. And so much of the dialogue as well is 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 painting the, you know, this picture of the, like you say, this kind of, you know, this boogeyman, this this demonic character. I thought they just did such a brilliant job with him this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really did. Um, let's see. We go back to Johnny's and um I hope this is right. Johnny is giving some really sound advice. This, this what was he telling Daniel here? I, I I didn't expand on that. Is that right? Johnny giving advice? Maybe I met. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I bet you I, I met Daniel. I think he, 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 and, he's he's he yeah yeah. I think he's pointing out like, look at Daniel. He's you you look like a mess. You know, yeah. you're not put together well. Um, you know, and it's, I think he also your shirt's not even tucked in. I love that. That that's the standard bearer for Daniel having a tough time. His shirt's yeah. not even tucked in. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I think he he reassures them. You know, like Amanda and Daniel always work it out. Um, there's a lot a lot of things here. Uh, and and there's one point. Um, 
um johnny says like oh they're talking about like classic johnny he's like oh i didn't know you were a fan of him like i love that i, lo- I love that they're like referencing you know like the young version you know or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that that whole deal too it, it makes it even more real you know mm-hmm. that not these characters because like you know there is a history there you know we all grew up with the history the rivalry but just that reference you know of classic you know Johnny, him referring to that guy as a third person, like mm-hmm. like Johnny has matured, grown up, and and now he's a different version. Like I, I love that, um, but yeah, no, I forget what he says. Uh, that that makes Daniel go, there he is. You know, like what what was that at that point? Oh, because uh, because he, he's talking about the tournament. You know, we should have kept going, not stopped at three points. And uh, then yeah. Johnny's like, I can keep going. Three points is all you had in you. That's, that's right. right. There. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good right there. Yeah. I I, I, I love this whole thing. Uh, just, and um, yeah, I guess the other sound advice, you know, like the, the, this whole dialogue, it, it kind of what prompts, um, does it, is this what makes, do you, you think Daniel has made up in his mind at this point that he's going to, um, because he makes amends with, or he decides to make amends with Stingray when he's talking to Chosen. Do you think he makes any decision at this point? Speaking with Johnny, I think, I think, yeah, I think Daniel is thinking it. Um, it's one of these they they actually help each other out at least in some way. Where Daniel's like, you know what, I gotta make amends with Stingray. Maybe, maybe move on beyond this or past this. Um, you know, that's that's where Daniel's thinking. And then, of course, Daniel gave Johnny the idea about how to put it, fix it with Miguel and Robbie. Right. Um, right. <laughs> I like that. But I don't think either realizes necessarily the impact of what they've said to the other. I think that's right. the beauty of it, isn't it? I right. don't think any yeah. of them necessarily in that moment have an epiphany. It's right. kind of only later, really, that that sinks in. Absolutely. Yeah. Just baby steps in the maturation of their relationship. Right. So, you know, like uh, they, they're finally you know doing okay here with one another and 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 now it's just like all right now now i just gotta understand you a little bit better when you're giving uh advice uh we uh, go back to the the bar here and anthony fills uh sam in on robbie helping him out and this is also the moment where lizzie remembers uh amanda's nickname babe ruthless Mm -hmm. Uh, now (laughs) i i don't have the actress's name um readily in front of me but i believe her first name is Sunny, right? Does that sound correct? If anyone, I didn't look it up. Okay, but um, I think I think she kind of steals the scene. Like like watching her in this, like I I would watch another episode, you know, more of of uh, Lizzie Ann. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want yeah. like an entire spinoff, but I think I think she's great in this role. You know, uh, just the the way it's written and the way the actress uh, delivers it, I, I think she's great uh, in in all of this. Like, um, they they make her feel like a legacy character too, even though she was just mentioned by name in the third movie. Yeah, yeah I would say she is a legacy character. Yeah, well, I mean, see, I didn't. That was totally lost on me. I didn't. That's I'm one who didn't pick that up. <laughs> I, I didn't realize the significance nope. of kind of that as it as it, you know as it meant for this encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I didn't the, know. The, the funny thing is, I I feel like it. it kind of took a moment for for like um you know who whoever it was to kind of bring it out onto twitter and whatnot you know like it, it took a hot minute for for people to kind of pick up on that uh reference yeah so, it, um, it was definitely one of the more subtle ones yeah. um you know but um but uh it's it's a fun fight and it's do you think like now she's getting the payback she needed from 30 years ago in this fight <laughs> <laughs> I, I another, another character yeah. with a 30 year old grudge to settle 
Yeah. See, that's that's the thing. This this little girl fight here we have in, in the bar. Like, like I I I'm actually like because Sam is the one that knocks her out, right? Like, and I and like Sam is number third on on my list of who should have done it. Like, I feel like um <laughs> Jessica should have been the one to, to take her out. Like, right. let's get some karate from her and well, she takes that, her out. And that would have or, been shit, or Amanda. Just, you know, that maybe Daniel had shown her a move or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like where she, you know, she 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 studied a little on her own oh, at some point. Maybe, you know? maybe she could have done the, the the blocking movement that Daniel improvised with the uh the um uh, the pottery right like you know when when he she was showing oh, him how to you know there's, so there's that one sequence like maybe we could yeah. have gotten that as a block you know because he didn't show her how to fight but she, he he showed her the block and uh, maybe she could have uh, used that um i i mean i it'd be a little hard to sell that like she's you know actively practicing that over 30 years just to, to that one motion <laughs> but i don't know that it would have been a nice little nice little nod like oh yeah, she, yeah. i guess she remembered that blocking but mm-hmm. um I don't know. Sam is the one that does know how to fight. You know, I, I guess. But yeah. Uh, who? Okay. So second would have been Amanda, obviously, right? Amanda, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think because I wanted this works, fight so. to be for, for you know for them the the the, the adults here, right? The the grownups. Right. It's like it's their fight against Elizabeth Ann Rooney, who's been a thorn in their side for three <laughs> decades. Yeah. yeah. No, I I completely agree. But I do wonder if again, this is just one of those like oh. You know, like uh, they were, yeah, maybe maybe not a, a flipping of the script, but perhaps they were trying to just kind of uh, fool us with the oh, Amanda's Amanda's about to get punched for the first time, you know, mm-hmm. right here, mm-hmm. you know, because it, yeah, you, you, I think I think we're kind of like okay, because well, who else would they be saying right? Like, watch part you said uh, Sam would be third on your on your list. I bet you she would have been third on a lot of people's list too, right? Yeah. And so like we probably would have been expecting you know an actual punch uh, to Amanda's face or or something. So mm-hmm. if um, had not been for Sam, she probably would have gotten one. But yeah, I, I love all of this. Uh, I don't know if anyone noticed, there is one bar patron, a gentleman who's sitting on the far left, who pays no mind to this altercation. While everybody else is <laughs> It'd be like those, um, those 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 guys eating at the diner in the season two, uh, in 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 the sort of in the diner brawl, like who just seem to be sitting around eating their food, oblivious to you know. This teenage karate gang clash happening. Well, right? Yeah, fights in a bar in the Miyagi verse are common. You know, like that's like it happened in and also in season two, episode six, when that when the guys were there. You yeah, know, and of course, there's yeah, there's a fight in the bar. It just happens. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I was because I was looking for it. I go, there's got to be someone, someone that's going to be standing out, and it, like it, everyone was up and, and and watching the fight, and one gentleman ne- never turns his head, just never you know, just turns, looks, yeah. yeah, just straight forward. <laughs> so oh, I wonder who that was. Like it, it would be, it'd be funny if it was like somebody part of the crew, and you know, mm-hmm. kind of like how we learned. Um, uh, Tanner was like an extra in one of the Mexico scenes when we see like little. Uh, little Luis and, and Miguel right. talking, you know, mm-hmm. so something fun like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other thoughts about this, uh, this little fight? Um, it is, it is a good callback when you, when you learn, when you figure out that who Elizabeth Ann Rooney, like the, the character is, uh, it does make the whole thing a little bit more fun. So it's like on the rewatch and everything. Well, absolutely. And and yeah. I guess one of my other questions, and I don't know if you guys have uh, any thoughts on it, but uh, I do wonder why go with the choice of having one of um, Lizzie Ann's uh, friends strike first, right? She's the one that uh, her, her blonde friend there uh, throws the first punch, you know, that was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. 
Yeah. Because so, as bad I mean, as 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 bad as the villain is, it's the villain's henchman or or number who's even worse, right? I was gonna say she's the deadest yeah. of the group. Yeah. There's there's the, the the real MVP is the one laying on the floor holding Amanda relentlessly by the ankle. If you if you watch that back, that's just hilarious. <laughs> yes. Right, right. Uh and I think I think both well, I think Robin shared it first. I've, Sorry, but you know, if I don't have the details right, but there is footage uh, out there of them like rehearsing this sequence. So, so that's a lot of fun. A little behind mm-hmm. the scenes, um, yeah. yeah. Just kind of thinking about like the the hench, henchwoman here being the first to strike. Maybe she's like the Denise, you know, instead of Dennis, you know. So it's Denise <laughs> that strikes first, you know. <laughs> just to harken yeah. back to uh, <laughs> the credit kid three. The, yeah, little Todd. Um, all right, we got uh, Daniel. Mm, this is yeah daniel goes to did i already say babe ruthless did, did i mention that the nickname you, I don't, you did which is okay, <laughs> brilliant yeah. okay okay yeah i i thought that was when she said it I, I thought that made sense too but um you know i'm I'm sure it's just clearly a play on babe ruth because the bat but super reach i i i'm sure it's not even a nod and uh mark maybe you might like this uh ruthless ruthless records bold dogs and harmonies from cleveland Thank you. Yes. I'll see, I'll, nice. see my, I'll see myself out. <laughs> <laughs> Only me and you will get that reference, maybe. Um, all right. So Daniel goes to Chosen, who appears to be uh, packing to leave. Uh, Chosen tries one more time to talk to Daniel into uh, not giving up. So, um, yeah. this. Uh, so we find out that Daniel wants to go make amends with Mr. Stingray. And... Uh, he is going to go do that while chosen is packing up. So the idea is that he's going to go do that and then come back, pick up chosen and take chosen to the airport. So, um, and I'm bringing this little detail up because um, I'm, uh, in my opinion, I, I feel chosen is the one that, you know, is the one that like, okay, Daniel's gone too long. I need to go find where he is or whatever. And probably contact the man and the kid. So we'll, we'll get there. Uh, mm-hmm. But any other thoughts on on here that, uh, before we lead into Daniel uh, entering the apartment? The one time he leaves his karate assassin behind. Is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might as well give him a time off. You know, yeah. every, you know, any time that he uh, leaves anywhere without chosen is is not has not gone in his way, right? Like the first yeah. time, yeah, right, in episode four. Uh, we cut to the courtyard of Rosita Heights, and Johnny has decided to take Daniel's advice and have the boys fight to the death. <laughs> uh, and we also see another tenant, which is probably the most funniest thing uh, in the season, perhaps. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe more like, so for me because I know the there, layout. There are other people in there. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like in terms of logistics. Would it have been difficult to have um uh, like other people maybe like just kind of open up the, the curtains, you know, like behind the fight kind of thing, just to be like, you know, to just kind of show us like there are more people there kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if uh you could have had somebody stand on the second level, like looking through a window, but but I do wonder because at one point like Miguel like screams, right? So I, I feel somebody would have came running, you know, to 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 kind of witness what 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 was going on. Yeah. But uh yeah, I do like. But if how it's we... during the day, like people are at work or something, so yeah, you're probably it's, right. And it's not a super big apartment complex, so. right? Um, so th- this is the that one example where I mentioned earlier, where uh, Tanner kind of does some some good face acting, uh, where what, what was it? Miguel's like, what right here, right now, and whatever Johnny says, 
Robbie looks at Miguel kind of like, yeah, what, what are you scared of? Let's go. You know, like mm-hmm. just he says all of that with his face. No dialogue at all whatsoever mm-hmm. from him. Uh, watch party. I feel like you have some comments on this um, on this particular fight because this is one of your uh, uh, popular uh, videos, you know, yeah, um, I think a lot of yeah. people tuned into your video on this. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, I think it's, it's a, it's a great combination of, of what's been building up to it. Um, just the rivalry and I, it, it kind of like, it, it like makes sense in, in a way. And I think like, that's part of it, why it works. It's like, you know, they just, they just need to get it out of their system. Um, so, uh, Miguel, especially, um, so I think like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I know I'm trying to remember what did I say in that video, but, oh. um, well, I was giving myself a pat on the back because I, I thought I predicted how this fight might end, but uh, on reflection, I do think that I probably had watched your video and that's where I'd gotten that idea from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, yeah. As far as the, the way it ends, like, I think, um, like his, we we suspected, you know, that it was probably going to go up up the stairs, and like, so you're you're going to be in a similar situation, and then like, and then the thinking was like, well, what's going to happen? Is it going to be like Robbie in the same situation again, and realizes like, um, you know, it, it makes a different choice this time, but you know, instead it it was Miguel in this similar situation now, and but it's reversed, and you know, and he just kind of like as it happens you know he just kind of screams and lets it out and um kind of uh holds it back and then and then we get in the dialogue why'd you hold back and he's like well i didn't get into karate to hurt people or something um right yeah it's a it's a great he says uh, like to to find to to be badass and find balance or something and it's like he he didn't yeah and and it's not true (laughs) he wasn't looking for balance at the stop getting beaten up yeah, um, because Kyler was well, going after him. Yeah, well, we we need the um, we need that uh, in, internal dialogue. You know, like we we cut to like Tanner's forehead, and you hear Robbie saying like, "Damn, that was a good answer. I gotta come up with something good." <laughs> you know, like uh, uh, balance, balance. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's what he wants to hear. Um, we yeah, also he also he also says you know because Miguel asks Robbie why didn't you hold back and he's. You know, he, I think he even says like tunnel vision. I didn't know where we were. Um, at least, you know, so we do get like the full explanation of back in season two, which I think a lot of people knew or uh, yeah. suspected, you know, right. you yes. know, it's like, he, yeah, he was just fighting. He didn't know they were up on like the third level there. Right, right. It's, it's, um, it's kind of like there's, there's certain uh, dialogue that, you, you know, you guys remember back to some of the reviews with Brianna, you know, she'd like, you know, like, um, you know, like, oh, I, I couldn't use this, but then, yeah, we would eventually get it. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those things like, yeah, you suspected it, but to hear it said in dialogue is it, very nice, you know, just for that. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it, um, you know, to kind of validate the, you know, like an earlier sequence or or, or something. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I, I had been asked before, like on social media, just from randos, you know, DMing me. Do you think Robbie did that on purpose? I go, no, I don't think he was. his intention was to hurt Robbie, you know, so, no, or uh, Miguel yeah. rather. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, I was kind of new. Um, and we, we talked about that. Where was it? Um. Oh, this was in season. Okay. At the beginning of season four. Oh, this, that was that was in the in the first episode because when when Sam and Robbie are talking and and she didn't ask him and I I remember I was talking to Brianna about that that was because 
because I was, I, I did that live for her like two days after or the day after it dropped. And then there was a big thing, but like basically, cause she was trying to get it set up. So I was just talking to her for like three hours. We talked about that <laughs> like oh. because she, she, Sam didn't ask Robbie was it an accident in, in season four, episode one. If you watch that scene, um, she, she talks about other stuff or whatever. And I, and I remember thinking that was weird. Um, for Sam, because why didn't she ask? Because in season three, that's something she she talks about not knowing. But um, I don't know. But did I guess they they we've moved on from it from there from yeah. that point um, for Sam anyway? Because theoretically, she's never asked Robbie um, what happened, even though in season three she said she was unsure. Um, yeah, I I also had kind of a wonder, like going into this fight, like would it had been kind of equal uh you know we do see that um that miguel like if this was tournament he pretty much would have like scored the first point right mm -hmm. and i do wonder if that's to kind of build up to and and kind of make us think that okay th this is where miguel it's going to be on miguel whether he pulls back or or you know finishes him uh to mm -hmm. take a line from from crease you know mm -hmm. um but watching it again recently and I guess I kind of forgot I felt this way. And even my 10-year-old uh, on his first watch, when we were watching the sequence, he he actually thought it was going to be Miguel that kicks Robbie off, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, you got Johnny on the first floor. He's like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And uh, so you, you kind of think it's coming. But, yeah, my, my, my son was was thinking that. And mm -hmm. um, I don't remember if I... I kind of wondered. I was like, "Man, they—if—if if this is what happens, they hit it pretty well. We cut the trailers really well. That we never would have guessed this." Um, yeah, I just thought it was uh, really, really well done. And also, what do you guys think about the the kind of the capper of the accidental slip of the baby reveal? Oh, I really like that. Um, they they they're they're like genuinely happy for it. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a good cap on that. Oh. I thought it was a great way of bringing a bit of light relief as well to mm -hmm. like an otherwise like really tense kind of you know few moments before wasn't it you know in, in, in what the show does so well is you kind of one minute you're like oh my goodness and then the next you've got a big smile on your face mm -hmm. it's just a great example of what they do so well I think yeah. you know the, the, my, my kind of main reflection on the kind of the fight is that you know in in both the, the school fight and this you know Miguel is on top and you know, you 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 always get this question: Well, who do you think is better, Miguel or Robbie? And I think you know, skills-wise, there's not much between them. But what we see on in both those scenarios is Miguel is the one who has a better control of his emotions in that situation. Yeah. And in the you know, in the, in the school fight, he pays for it. You know, he shows mercy, lets Robbie up off mm -hmm. the floor, ends up over the balcony. But in this fight, he's winning that fight again. Uh, you know, in an advantageous position, and 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 again is able to kind of control it. So that's always a big takeaway for me when I when I think about those two fights. Is you know, he's the one that's able to show restraint, even though he lets it out with that kind of almighty roar. You know, he's always got that control. I think the first time I watched this, like I wasn't like uh, too high on the 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 intercutting of the flashbacks, but like I I, I didn't dislike it. I was just like, yeah, I I felt like maybe it was kind of taken away from the moment. But uh, again, uh, uh, like this most recent rewatch, I was just like, it was actually affecting me emotionally. Like I, I know what's going to happen. I, I know the beats, yeah. and I know that Robbie's not going to go over that. But just the idea of like. You know, see, seeing those flashbacks from season two, I was like, it, it was, it was, it was making me feel some type of way for sure. So I thought it was actually yeah, effective. I, yeah, it's it's definitely the emotional hit. Yeah, yeah. I think the 
is it's it's always got to cater to an audience who maybe is catching up. Right. We you know we 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 know the story that's being told, but kind of if you've just subscribed to Netflix and have heard about this huge show and are watching it cold, you know, there's kind of a duty, isn't there, to revisit it for you know for fans who have kind of you know come along more recently. Right, right. No, absolutely. Yeah, you know, not, not many people are doing rewatches like us leading up uh, to the new right, season. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's see here. We go. Let's see. Yep. Back to the Steiner's home. Uh, Sam and Anthony are. I'm not sure if it's the Steiner's home. I just know that that's Amanda's. Maybe it's the Steiner's. Anyway. Her back mom's, to Amanda's mom's, mom's home. So yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if she's still a signer. Uh, Sam and Anthony are talking about the recent incident. Uh, sounds like Sam is willing to teach Anthony, and he is willing to learn, which, watch part of you, are very upset that that doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> and, and Amanda finally gets the point uh, Jessica is making uh, about cutting Daniel some slack. So for, for the reason I, if people don't know, I was upset because I had made a prediction um, that, Sam would teach um, Anthony karate this season. So like, so here's the, it, it was my prediction, right? Or is it wrong? Because she says she will, but we don't actually get a scene of him to, or doing it. So I think, uh, see, I think this links back to what you were talking about in the bar fight with, you know, her ending it is the thing that kind of Anthony sees, mm-hmm. which, and he's in, and obviously impressed by, isn't it? And so he kind of warms to the idea maybe of, of learning from Sam in a way that, he's kind of never taken to from Daniel because as she says, you know, you're going to have to go through the whole kind of, you know, chores nonsense, whereas, you know, and, and so I think obviously it served to kind of grease the wheels for that little relationship. But like you say, it's talked about. We never actually see it in practice. Yeah. Well, because at this point their, their dad had shut down the dojo, so he wasn't teaching anyone anything. So, um, so like her saying it is like, she's like, well, I can teach you because dad won't. Um, but then obviously at the end of the episode or, you know, next episode, it, it starts with, um, the dojo going back open. So it just, it just never comes to fruition. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, one of my uh, favorite things about this sequence also is that, uh, Anthony knows who Jean-Claude Van Damme is, you know, to kind of reference say. it. Yeah. He, he calls her, uh, Jean-Claude Van Sam. And it's like, Whoever well, wrote that was- line needs a pay rise. <laughs> Great gag. Yeah. Well, cause he doesn't know, um. No, I mean, uh, uh, Anthony was not at the drive-in, right? So not that he, you know, we don't know if he hasn't seen Bloodsport, but he definitely wasn't at the drive-in when they were watching Bloodsport. So yeah. I wonder what um, Anthony's, like, reference is, you know, like, has does Daniel watch Bloodsport? Did he watch it with Daniel, you know? <laughs> uh, did he just see Van Damme's name one day? It was like, that's a funny name, you know, in mm-hmm. The Expendables or something, you know? Because uh, yeah. Anthony's really, really young, like... um He's just, let me see, he's in eighth grade. That would put him at about 13, 14. My, yeah. I, I think I, they I watch 80s curious. movies in their household. Because remember, Sam knows all the John Hughes movies. Um, yeah. Um, what, what was the other one? What, um, what was Van Damme? Swayze, Swayze. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. so she knows okay. all that. So it's not hard anyway. to imagine like some of that, the, the action movies and stuff, you know, carried over that's fair. That's and, fair and daniel was taking karate wasn't he before he moved you know he'd had a couple of classes or whatever so again it makes yeah, sense that he would have been into that potentially that genre of film mm-hmm. you know in his in his youth anyway yeah. anytime uh somebody makes like some sort of reference to like van damme's name i always think back to uh, uh the fresh prince of bel-air where like i think it's a cold open in one episode where will smith he's looking in the mirror 
he he had just come down the stairs, looks in the the uh the long mirror on the wall there, and it's just like Jean Claude Van Damme would look good. Guy was going back to that. <laughs> so uh, Kyler gets a version of that line at the drive-through, doesn't he? You know, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe he does. Yeah, yeah. Season four. He does the um, when he does the split punch to the groin. Yeah, like, right, right, right. John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah very Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on? Let me see. White Castle shout out. You know what? I was about to. Um, <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're eating White Castle. There's drinks and fries and and all of that. Um, I wasn't able to get a clear look, but at least the color scheme of it all, I was like, that screams White Castle to me. So thanks for the clarification or confirmation, rather. Yeah, yeah, you can see it. Um, if on at least some okay, of the if you really stuff. look, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, then well, the, Amanda and Jessica too. Um, yeah. Goes back to things. She's uh, the great, great. Yeah, I think it's just yeah the 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 inclusion of Jessica here. I think is um you know where it comes to um the the final part here, but it it all makes sense. It's a great use of her character. So uh, this this little wrap up with um, uh, Jessica Andrews's character. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is the moment that? um, Amanda decides to go back with the kids or do you think, you know, she's just only just made the decision. Okay. I should probably cut him some slack because my other question um, to kind of piggyback on, uh, on this is, do you guys think that Amanda bought her and the kids a one way ticket to Ohio, you know, like to, to decide, you know, because like, well, how would she know how much time she needs away from Daniel? Right. Because I, I don't know if she's made a decision exactly what she was going to do with the marriage. Right. Like I, I felt like she just needed some time alone. And then also in the meantime, she's gonna take the kids with her because um, you know, it's summertime. So why not? Just, you know, she, yeah, what why not? But also probably wouldn't feel safe leaving them with Daniel in that state of mind, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess the yeah, do, do you guys think that uh she has made the decision speaking with Jessica here to decide to go back at this point? Yes, I think so. I, I, I think did. that's and the I, point. Yeah. And I and I don't think it was a uh, you know ever a permanent departure either you know i think time and time and space absolutely but i guess the benefit of being able to say visit a parent as opposed to going to stay in a hotel is there's no you know there's no expiry date on that is there i mean all right they're millionaires they're probably not threatening over you know a couple of nights in a hotel but it's kind of you know you've got the luxury there of staying as long as you need to don't you and i think you're Right. right it's that conversation that's kind of put her back in the frame of mind where she's willing to kind of go back and look at it through a, a different perspective Right, right, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, so we cut to the Diaz's where the boys are having leftover Olive Garden, and I'm flabbergasted. I don't think it's that, leftover. I think he got carryout. Do you, you, you <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, you're probably yeah. right. I don't think Johnny would have continued eating their, <laughs> their yeah without them. Right? Okay, he so ordered for everyone. Yeah, yeah, so it was like there was kind of plates and stuff already on its way. Yeah. Okay, fair. You know, I just assumed like eating at home. Uh, you know, is, is leftovers because they're not quite to 2020 yet, right? Where like you just assume like any dinner scene is takeout now. <laughs> um, yes, right? true. But yeah. it but, did yeah. exist before 2020. It just <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. No, uh, but but I guess in my experience, it's usually like uh, you know that. Never mind. Never mind. I'll shut up. They're uh, drinking but... chocolate milk with Olive Garden. That strikes me as odd. 
it's kind of like Yuhu, right? Like this is Yuhu adjacent, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like he has the generic version of but okay. um, <laughs> but my note is that uh, I'm flabbergasted that these boys never had Olive Garden breadsticks before. I mean, I, I know it was kind of like mm-hmm. mentioned in the earlier sequence at Olive Garden, you know, about the breadsticks, but because right. uh, doesn't Robbie make a line like he references it, right? Like, yeah, these are pretty good, Dad. Or these are good, yeah. yeah. I I think I thought this through. Um, so so my explanation for this is, and and I actually like this. I like I like the the Olive Garden use here because it it's it's genuine, it's true, and you know what? For for a lot of people, Olive Garden is like a nice restaurant. It's it's yeah, not bad, yeah. you know. It's no. it's 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 good for what it does. And and as far as like that, they've never had it. So Miguel and you know Carmen. You suspect they they mostly eat at home, right? Because Rosa does a lot of cooking, and if they go out, they probably like they wouldn't find the Italian restaurant because they're from uh, Ecuador. Like it's not something that they would find necessarily. They would just go somewhere mm. else. Um, and then for Robbie, Robbie, so his mom probably couldn't afford to go out a whole lot, and if she did, if she she roped some guy into to going that was paying and so she would pick something really expensive like so like like the few times robbie did go out with his mom they probably overshot olive garden you know something really nice Mm. so like he never had olive garden either so so there's like your explanation here's johnny in the middle bringing them both in (laughs) and they're all bonding as a family a a growing new family here as over olive garden and their breadsticks yeah it's pretty amazing mark uh, have you had olive garden no, so it's not. I don't believe it's, you know, I don't believe we've got the franchise here in the UK. So it's kind of, I can kind of attribute it to, you know, other sort of, you know, Italian restaurants we've got here. But I'm going to have to take your word for it on the on the whole. You, you yeah. both seem to clearly vouch for this, for the whole, you know, Olive Garden well, they give you, like, like I said, like unlimited breadsticks. Like that's part of wow. it. They're good. Yeah, the, you can the, get them right out of the oven because so then they're always making them. So you get them like also fresh huge as well. Them. I mean, like when we you know when we get served breadsticks here, they're kind of very long, thin, and they're almost like the kind of you know the the crispy kind of crusty. Crispy, those look yeah. like those, those look yeah. like dough. Do you know what I mean? Those yeah. look like dough, which would just be heaven. Sorry for the yeah. boys. No, no, no worries. Yeah, my, my my daughter leaned over and spoke into the mic. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what is like daddy's recording? What are you doing? Um, but yeah, no, the, the 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 breadsticks are to die for. Yeah, if the server comes by and sees that we're low, they'll bring you a fresh, uh, you know, baked uh, um, uh, breadsticks. Uh, if you're same thing with the salad, if you're low, they'll, they'll refill the salad. Um, they have a soup called Zupa Descana, which is uh, also to die for. It's very good. Uh, my favorite is probably the chicken enoki, which is basically uh, ch- chicken and dumplings. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I like that very much. And um, they used to have this dish that I, I absolutely love called uh, the seafood portofino. And it's kind of like an Alfredo, but you also had like clams, uh, crawfish and shrimp. And then at some point they got rid of the crawfish and, and then um, – yeah, it, it, now there's no seafood portofino. Now it's just seafood Alfredo. So they've con- gone through different versions of like my favorite dish. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really good. Uh, uh, my favorite thing is like they always come around with like the cheese grater. Like, uh, would you like some cheese on this? You know, yeah. and, you know they just go around everybody. <laughs> tell Parmesan me what to cheese, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of fun. And it's it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's, it's not like super high end, but people like to go there you know because it's you know yeah you feel like family you know this is kind of their slogan or was i don't know if it still is 
so yeah, if you ever see one, definitely check it out. It's definitely uh, yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not sure uh, I'll be able to kind of book the flight tickets off the back of Olive Garden. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, listen, I'm in, boys. You don't have to convince me anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so um, Carmen, um, uh, she comes home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. That, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Carmen comes home to find uh, Ravi over for dinner, and um, I, I do love this because Ravi's like, "Hey, is, is, is this cool?" And she's like, "Yeah, of course." You know, so mm-hmm. so I love that, and uh, obviously. Carmen, uh, she just hopes that the bruises didn't come from Johnny beating them into submission. So uh, really funny <laughs> they, line. They beat each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I had said, I had actually said to Brianna when she talked to me after season four, would would Carmen ever accept Robbie? And I said to her, like when when Miguel did, and that's kind of like what we have here. Um, you know, Miguel and Robbie have come to terms, and so you know, Carmen is ready to accept. Uh, Robbie into this new kind of growing family because she, he, Robbie wasn't in the dream, which we know from your interview. Um, he was kind of taken out of it at the last minute. Um, right, right. Yeah. And, and it all makes sense too. Like, uh, and just to kind of add to the, uh, you know, like Carmen accepting Robbie once Miguel does, it's um because that's his rival, right? Like, mm-hmm, uh, right. It, 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 it's personal between them two. So, mm-hmm. I, so I could see that, you know, as as an adult, it's like, yeah, you know, like if if somebody picked on like any of my kids, I'd be like, well, they're a little shit. But then, like, if if my kid continues to be okay with that person, I'm like, well, you know, if he's still okay with it, I mean. I guess right. I, I I guess they I will get, too. They got a thing going. Yeah. If if he can yeah. get over it, what you know, what reason is there for me not to? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I I bet you though, if uh, if if Carmen was there to witness it, it, it might be a little bit harder, you know, for her to accept it, you know, because because mm-hmm. then she has that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the experience of, of it all, and you know, like it, it's also Johnny's son, right? And and Johnny's also there, so. So uh, I would imagine walking into that whole scene right there, the you know these three, you know men, um, you know it, it must have been pretty comforting for her. Like, okay, good, mm-hmm. you know we're we're getting past some things here, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Also, when she does question Johnny about like the bruises and whatnot, like I laughed at that, but then I was like. She's not wrong by asking that though. Like, you know, like it, it, it's, like, the bed. So. it's not an unlikely scenario, is it? <laughs> no, exactly. So I do love that. So plot points aside, it's just really wholesome, isn't it? And I think, you know, how many shows can do comedy as well as this show does, action and drama as well as this show does, and nail it when it comes to just really warm moments, you know? It's 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 lovely. It's just a yeah. really rewarding payoff if you yeah. follow those two stories for, you know, four and a half yeah. seasons. Wholesome is a great word for the sequence. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. uh, Daniel arrives at Stingrays. Does the uh, anytime freaking Daniel, you know, creeps into like any building, you know, <laughs> you know look, we've been knowing this for 37 years, right? Like anytime Daniel creeps in through the door the way he does in this sequence, like, you know, it's bad. It's that horror movie trope, isn't it? Of kind of, you know, if you've heard yeah. a creaky yeah. floorboard, don't go and investigate. <laughs> yeah. you don't, so don't don't peek sort of eyes first through an open door. At the very <laughs> least, turn on the freaking lights. Turn on the lights, man. Come on. We we know what's going on. Uh, so, yeah, he arrives at Stingrays uh, to find the front of the door open. Uh, he walks in to make amends uh, by bringing him a new PlayStation, which I don't think I said earlier, but I did feel bad in that sequence. And did I, did I skip over that sequence? Uh, well, we were talking about it, but I think we got talking about some of the the more minor details rather than the 
his confrontation with Stingray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the original, let, let, yeah. Let me go back to that real quick because yeah. there's a few things that, that I remembered. Uh, first off, Daniel was like introducing himself to Stingray. It's like, well, hold on now. We got that in season two, right? Like, like mm-hmm. you know, Stingray was like, hey, yeah, I saw you on the commercials and, and, and does the karate chops and stuff like that. So I thought it was a little funny that uh, he made that, that was at the that was at the hardware store. Like, he made that right. yeah. connect the, the people. Okay. Okay. I, and he's okay. got, you know, the different yeah. haircut now, hasn't he? And the kind of, you know, the, the stingray kind of appearance okay. that he didn't have during that. And of course he's yeah. half cut, isn't he? You know, Daniel's Daniel's been drinking a bit, so maybe it's yeah. just you know he's sketched out. Okay. Fair. And uh I, I love how he says, like, Mr. LaRusso, I know who you are, but your muscle here. So I like that already <laughs> intimidated by the uh, Okinawan assassin. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh and also I just love that uh, the Chosen knows what like a um, I I didn't write it down, but Chosen happens to know what a ninja something rather is like a, the the setup for for gaming ninja level gaming system. Yes, how does he know that? <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like you after know, Chosen- he skinny dips in, in the morning, <laughs> he goes and takes an hour on the gaming system. <laughs> also the naked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what if it's a uh, you know like that that day off? That Daniel gave him, like he found himself in Anthony's room and started playing, you know, like, oh, uh, yeah. and just started gaming. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, he, like if you ever get a request from like Okinawan Assassin, like you know, eighty-five or something like that, it's probably just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, while, we're, while we're back on this scene, though, there's another really interesting thing that I'd make made a note yeah. of. So I said earlier about how like he doesn't look Daniel in the eyes when he talks about how Terry is an honorable man. And if, if you watch that bit back, you could make an argument that he, he he's addressing chosen as he says that. But I, sorry. Uh, but but, but I, I think it's more of a fact he can't look Daniel in the eye as he says it because he knows he doubts it himself. But there's another bit where he talks about, um, you know, how Cobra Kai has changed now and it's about uh, loyalty and discipline and then he checks over his shoulder and kind of repeats loyalty and if you think back now it's kind of planting the seeds for the fact that maybe terry is at that property on occasion and he's kind of you know checking around to make sure he doesn't say anything he shouldn't or that you know he says what he thinks you know terry might want to hear it was just i only noticed that in the watch back that he's kind of almost checking like is he here sort of thing but and has he got the place been, bugged like is he right yeah is maybe he that's it here? but it's, it's again it's just another bit of dialogue that doesn't have terry there he isn't present but it's underlining the threat yet again you know yeah. um and again whether that's a little improv glance from port i don't know but it's just just another little beautiful subtle way of sowing that seed Oh no! I think we say this way too often, but nothing's uh, accidental, right? Um, yeah, you know, to jump ahead in, in the season, you know, we uh, we, we, when when the Miyagi Fang, yeah, when Miyagi Fang comes and visits Stingray, you know, he has to talk in code. So okay. is the place bugged? Like you would have to think so, right? So it's not necessarily like you know, does no. Terry Silver just w- once in a while pops in because. I mean, unless he's like the vampire from John Carpenter's Vampire, like yeah, he can appear <laughs> anywhere. But I would imagine that he's still walking through that front door. I mean, I, yeah. I can't imagine Terry Silver like going up, going up the stairs, the ladder, you know, like the the back yeah. back entrance or something. But yeah, that could but, explain yeah. why Silver is even here. Like he suspected <laughs> Daniel would come back, so yeah, and he knew. Yeah. And does, does so. has Stingray told him that, mm-hmm. or has he picked it up? You know, has he has he heard that through a you know it that's well, never kind of explicitly stated, is it? I it's Terry Silver, right? Like you would have to think like he would just know, 
right? He he has mm-hmm. to know. Uh, he, I mean, Daniel said it earlier, like this guy's driving like a Cobra Kai billboard on wheels or or, or something, right? Mm-hmm. So like uh, uh, Silver must know that Daniel's going to eventually see it. So uh, he, he he's been waiting. I I think mm-hmm. is is uh, what we, what we're to uh, to take because because otherwise we would just be giving Steam Ray a little too much credit, right? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, all right. So to cut uh, back to Daniel bringing in the new PlayStation, only to find Terry Silver here, and uh, we'll just go from there. This fight, we see Daniel's knuckles uh, knuckles bleed Believe, yeah. again. Uh, some. Uh, sequences cut in from the third movie. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? Daniel kind of strikes first on this one, um, which, you know, you could say it's Daniel losing his balance. Um, that's not something he would normally do, but. Um, yeah. Well, he does try to like, he, he he gives up, right? Like he even like, doesn't, doesn't he say like, you know, I wave the white flag or something like that. Yeah. Like, the white flag. And then, and then yeah. silver kind of, um, um taunts provocation him or yeah. That, yeah, yeah yeah i'm gonna wrap you know think how easy it'll be to wrap cobra kai geese around your children and oh, is that one of your that's... favorite quotes right i think that's one of your favorite quotes too mark yeah uh, i just again this is you know this whole bit is just you know so they, well they may have written it for me because you know it's this <laughs> this this is what i you know this is just it's everything i just love about this character you know and and what, what i love about it is it's kind of it's it's he uh, Thomas English just delivers it so brilliantly, and that for me there is no scarier a villain than the one who is saying the most horrendous things, but in the most calm and measured way. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Because like like it's it's just the absolute belief. I don't have to shout to be intimidating. I don't have to use profanity to be intimidating. All I'm going to do is tell you exactly what's going to happen and how I'm going to go and do it. And, and I'm going to say that in the most composed fashion. For me, those are always the most chilling kind of villains. And he just does such a sensational job of that here. Well, yeah, he, he really does. And I'm going to have to uh, drop a challenge on here. You, uh, Mark, uh, I, I would like to see a uh, a poster of yours, uh, of uh, Terry Silver, and and Anthony and Sam were like Cobra Kai geese or something like that. Ooh, you know, like challenge, yeah, the, Terry's Terry's dream, we could call it or something like that. Oh, alternate yeah. universe promise. You know. Terry's Terry's threat, whichever yeah. one you want to call it, dream right. promise Terry. or threat. <laughs> Terry's promise. <laughs> there you go. Or or uh, well, what what's what could we say that would be like uh to Terry Silver that um the for the Lannisters like uh Lannister never. Never forget they, pay their, debts. Or, they, oh, always, they, always, they always pay their debts. Pay their debts. So maybe yeah. something with Terry Silver. Like, Terry Silver always honors his threat, or or something like that. You know, <laughs> I think I think that'd be really good. That's no, a great idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. But again, you know, I just there's the there's the kind of the men- sorry there's the mental oh, no, warfare. Right. There's the mental warfare. But yeah. just again, the, the fight here is just it's unlike any fight we've ever seen in the show. It's 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 total domination, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. like. If in, in sort of again to hark back to in professional wrestling terms, they would call this a squash match. You know, this is where you'd have the Undertaker coming out against kind of the local talent. You know, Jim Jim Strongman or something. It's just somebody just pathetic. You know, and it's it's that from the headbutt and from the you know the face palm and just shoving him across the room. I mean, you just yeah. we've never seen the karate kid literally toyed with. In this way, you know, and if you're a Terry Silver fan, you know you shouldn't relish necessarily in uh, in, in Daniel's misfortune here. But if you're if you're a Terry Silver fan, it's you know you're rubbing your hands with glee. You know, this is what you've wanted to see for a long time. 
<laughs> yeah, and I, I made this. So we know that. how you watch the episode, then. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just you know, I'm kind of I'm, I'm cheering on the wrong guy here. Let's see, I, I can't I can't hide from that. Yeah, starting a fire with all that hand rubbing, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it, this is uh, heartbreaking. Obviously, uh, it just just you know to kind of see our hero uh, it, it, in this way, and it was it, it was coming. Um, it's you know we 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 all love and hate it at the same time kind of kind of thing like you know we feel bad but like yeah we've never seen him uh this low uh before so mm. yeah truly heartbreaking uh so the, the, the bit i think is really notable is the and i don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this but it sort of is the is the the bit with this sort of suggested arm break or the the shoulder dislocation because i think ralph gave an interview where he said you know that was never my understanding. And I think it's probably the sound crew just having a bit of fun in post, but the way it's framed, you know, the slow motion, the grimace, and then the crunch, you know, it kind of like I, when I watched it without having heard of, you know, any of those comments, I was kind of like, Oh, he's, you know, he's, he's broken or, or damaged the arm. But then I, I think back to the crunch we heard in uh, season four with Miguel Neal Valley. And maybe when you hear a crunch in a Cobra Kai fight, that's when you, you need to tune out, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not what you you know you thought it was going to be. But what about like uh, Dimitri's arm break by by Hawk, right? Uh, the, well, uh, the, yeah, there you go. See, they keep us guessing, don't they? Yeah. So, so the I I've always just uh, you know maybe because I saw saw his condition at the end of the episode, so I I just assumed that it was like a shoulder uh, dislocating, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah, if it's broken, he'd be in a hospital, right? Not like yeah, head. you think. So yeah, or yeah, you you would think because yeah, I don't think Daniel would have been like, no, 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 I can tough this out. Like, no, dude, you can't miss a Miyagi like yourself, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. or or chosen, chosen's there, you know, maybe chosen did a little something. You know, that magic potion mix, exactly. So before we get to like the voiceover uh, from Tori, um, you know, like I, I had mentioned previously that uh, chosen was the last person to see Daniel before he goes to Stingrays. So do you guys think that Amanda returning with the kids coincided with this? Or do you think Chosen reached out to them and said, this just happened to Daniel? I think Amanda made her decision on her own. And I think, you know, the the storyline in, in Ohio kind of seems to, I think, lead to that idea. And then it just happened to coincide with with this and, and Daniel coming to his lowest point. It- yeah. Yeah, if you think about it chron- chronologically, we don't know that that's about to happen. So actually what they're setting up is the happy reuniting, aren't they? You know, yeah. she's seen the light, she's going to come back and they're going to build these bridges again. And of course, right. that's not what she finds when she gets there. Right. And who calls uh, Who calls Johnny? Good question. Because uh, um, him and Chosen haven't met yet. Right? Is, it, Sam, is it Amanda? Is it Amanda? Or... Meta or Sam, huh? Maybe they discussed it together. Sam but... obviously had a you know a, a strong bond with Johnny, perhaps more so than season, you know. season four, you know. Mm. Right. So yeah, that that'd be a good question. I I, I say I say Sam. So uh, um, you know, for the people in our, in our group thread or even on Twitter, if you guys follow us, yeah, let, let's continue that uh on social media. Let's kind of see what people think, you know, if it was Sam or Amanda. Uh, I don't know how much that would change because like uh, Mark, you just kind of touched on it. Like we know that Sam is, you know, obviously closer because of season four and learning mm. uh, Eagle Fang, you know? Um, yeah. And, 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 That's what uh, lends would... me to think that, you know, that, that they've got sort of a more, more established relationship maybe than, than, than Johnny and Amanda who've had some 
passing contact. Right. And watch party, I believe it was with you either like pictures or trailer breakdown. I feel like the discussion was kind of like, oh, well, uh, you know, maybe Chose is like, well, does he have any other friends that we can reach out to to help out? And and maybe Amanda was like, yeah, you know, Johnny, you know, something like that. I, I yeah, feel, that, that, that sounds familiar. Be, so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So over uh, the voiceover from Tori, uh, we see a few sequences, uh, one of which Robbie is uh, helping uh, switch the uh, the doorknob back to the correct way because Johnny had uh, turned it around. Uh, Terry Silver's training at the dojo. Uh, this is someone that uh, she lies to, but she's scared of. Um, Daniel recovering at home with the family and Johnny arriving to Daniel's aid. And also here we get the reveal that Tori was helping Kreese, uh, who says the end game is uh, Terry Silver going down. Only he doesn't know it mm-hmm. yet. And then we get the end snake. It was a great reveal. Um, yeah, yeah. Because again, you kind of forgot about Crease for a second. Like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think was... mission accomplished. We talked about that earlier, didn't we? At, at no yeah. point was factor in, in my thinking at that point. You know, I'm not trying to think ahead. I'm I'm watching the show in real time and reacting to what's going on. And I'm thinking, is this Tori in one of those therapy sessions that Amanda helped her out with? Right. right. I can't remember the exact shot order. Do we see this? We see her starting to speak before we see Johnny arriving at the LaRusso. So I'm thinking, has she reached back out to Amanda again, who'd offered to help her? You know, Carice was would have been third on my list, you know. Yeah, I was, um, I remember trying, I, I didn't guess it was Carice, but I was like, where's she at? This is, doesn't look like the LaRusso's home. I think my immediate reaction was, oh, this is Amanda, you know, um, but it mm. wasn't far, yeah, far from it. I feel like I, I recognized it as prison, but even then, like, it just like it, it until it fully went to decrease or like like it was just like a small buildup, I guess, in my head, even though I, I feel pretty sure. It, like, it, I, yeah, it's definitely shot to disguise it because the, the, yeah. the first time you see her, the, the, the background is hazy or it's blurred or there's something overlaid over it when they cut back to her then you can kind of quite clearly see the, you know, the, the, the background and, and it, you know, it sort of the penny starts to drop then, but they definitely yeah. disguise it the first time you sort of see her utter those first few words. Right. Um, all right. So jumping to the Facebook group page, uh, we have a few um, comments in here. Uh, the first one comes from Ron. Uh, he says, Amanda having been Jessica Andrews cousin this whole time is awesome. I wonder if the TB3 planned it that way all along or if it occurred to them later, either way, it's great. It makes Jessica a better character overall. And along with the return of Terry Silver uh, and Mike Barnes, it retroactively improves the story of the Credit Kid 3. I now have faith that they'll handle Hillary Swank's return to the Miyagiverse in an equally good way when, not if, she appears on the show. So Ron, very confident on uh, uh, um, gosh, Julie's, Julie's return. All right. How, um, many, how many comments are there on the Facebook just to- uh yeah, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine comments. Ooh, quite yeah. quite a few actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the second one comes from Dorian. Um, uh, he says, definitely a La Russo episode. Uh <laughs> quotes, what's going on with you, man? This was the moment that I knew the rivalry was finally over between Daniel and Johnny. The Daniel versus Terry fight was so hard to watch. Then the bleeding knuckles flashbacks. So gut-wrenching. Uh, Chosen's analogy of Stingray being a turtle was genius. And Sam protecting Amanda was the best. Sam is the GOAT. In all caps there. Uh, thanks, Dorian, for that. I feel slightly bad after re- hearing that, though, that uh, I took such glee in that final fight. Maybe, maybe that says something about me. 
Well, that's the, it's Sorry, the end Dory. of the series for you right now. This episode, <laughs> yeah, that's so right. That's, that's why you're here, here for the end of the series. I had to do this yeah. one because I, I don't know what happens in the next five. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. The next one comes from Randy. Uh, he says, this was my favorite episode of the season. Uh, it has a lot of scenes and resolutions that we had uh, long been waiting for throughout the whole series. Uh, I love the bit of role reversal that Daniel and Johnny had in their scene together. Uh, for me, this exchange really solidified the BFF nature that we've all always known they were meant for. Uh, the Miguel and Robbie fight and resolution was wonderfully written and had me worrying about a replay of the events of season two, but ended up using it in such a compelling and touching way. Uh, and who can't love the inclusion of the other tenant to make fun of the bubble that the uh, show often places itself within. Uh, finally, having Jessica show up and learn of her connection to Amanda was an unexpected surprise. I feel like the show missed out an opportunity to very subtly uh, tease this up when it revisited Mike Barnes. Um, Barnes, all, I also wish I could apologize to that girl you were with. LaRusso, oh, her? Funny story, actually. Chosen barges in and interrupts. Oh, yeah, I see what he's saying about that. But, uh, you know, different writers, maybe? Maybe, maybe that's why? That That's a uh, yeah, that, that would have added a little bit more to um to uh to Mike Barnes. They but they also didn't want to tease it. Um Right, 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 right. That's they a might good point. Telegraphed yeah. it, might yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, and if then, and, and maybe it's also that thing of, you know, there was a there was a small I don't know, there was a the dominant theory, but there was there was that rustlings of what if, you know, what if Mike and, and, and Jessica got married, you know. So maybe again it sort of yeah. it, you know, it, it it allowed them to sort of tease you along with that train of thought for a little while longer as well. Yeah, I, I kind of like well, yeah, what watch party says. It, it, it's also kind of like uh, the, the same thing as as hiding crease for half the season, right? Or, or in the middle of the season, you know, yeah. you don't, you don't want to really yeah. reference him, and if you do, very subtle. But yeah, if if Mike Barnes brings up Jessica, part of probably probably a good chance, right? That that she's going to show up in the next few episodes. You don't mm -hmm. mention her at all. You kind of forget about her. Maybe yeah. you know, maybe that's their hope. Uh, he ends it with. Um, I had recently watched Hard to Get Three prior to watching the season and also appreciated that Elizabeth Ann uh, Rooney, the one who interceded between Jessica and her then boyfriend, was the one who instigate, instigated this little uh, barroom brawl. In some ways, I really appreciated the show showcasing a non-karate dominant fight, but also having Sam save the day with a single move was pretty badass. So, mm -hmm. yeah, great insights there. Thank you. Uh, next one comes from David. Uh, he says, the fight between Daniel and Silver is probably one of my favorites in the series. So brutal. I do like that Daniel fought like a Cobra Kai in this fight and lost, but fought like Miyagi-Do in the finale and won. Mm -hmm. Also, Johnny being the voice of reason to Daniel was very was really refreshing. If I got riled up because of Daniel and led to another fight, if he got riled up, um, because of Daniel and led to another fight would have been really annoying. I want to see them fight again, but not under those cir circumstances. So that's not something I, I caught that David mentions that Daniel fought like a Cobra Kai and lost. Is that something you guys picked up on? Well, I had mentioned how he, he did strike first after, you know, right, Terry was right. provoking him. So, um, yeah, I think you could say he was fighting kind of more aggressively, um, okay. punching out the walls. <laughs> Yeah, yes. right. and, and Terry even says, doesn't he? You know, there's the there's the Cobra Kai student, you know, that I knew was there, or, or something to that effect. So he even acknowledges, doesn't he, that Daniel is fighting yeah. like a Cobra Kai in you know in the okay. in that moment. That's interesting because uh see the the way I always took it was more more of the um 
not not so much the fighting style and i'm not sure if that's what david means also i I guess i was reading it and i was thinking of the style but yeah with terry's context i always kind of like oh you know he sees like uh the illusion or you know the appearance of a cobra kai student you know and and not so much of like the style of a cobra kai or the tang sudo Mm. of it Mm. or or something i don't know now i'm confused myself uh but yeah thank you david for that Uh, the next one comes from jara uh, she says, this is one of my favorite episodes from season five. There were uh, many resolutions and characters slash family development. Johnny's attempt to help Miguel and Robbie get over their shit was awesome. I remember first seeing this fight in the trailer and wondering, what is this about? I love the editing with the flashbacks from season two. And the fact that it was mm-hmm. Daniel's idea was amazing. Carmen's reaction to the three of them having dinner was also great. Uh, epic La Russo mm-hmm. scene, uh, their roles reversed, and Johnny was calm and collected, and Daniel was spinning out of control. Uh, the way they brought Jessica back was genius. The storyline was cool because Amanda learns why her husband uh, has been so irrational since Silver's returned, then witnesses uh, how much of a badass her daughter is. Uh, Sam and Anthony had great bonding moments, and I believe this is where Anthony decides to start training for real. I did not enjoy Silver beating up Daniel, so heartbreaking. Lastly, the return of the Cobra Kai mobile, that car is badass in all caps. So thank you, Jarrah. Uh, anybody want to uh, comment on anything she said there? Sorry, again. I was nodding my head <laughs> through all of it. I think I, I agreed. Yep. I like yep. everyone yep. keeps calling it a La Russo episode. They have like what they have one scene together, but I guess it's a, it's a <laughs> significant scene, right? You know, right. It is technically it two is. scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, this one's from JS. Uh, he says uh, the Miguel and Robbie fight was the best. I noticed right. When they're about to fight, Robbie kind of has this smirk on his face like Miguel eat shit. I wonder if that's the same one where uh, I kind of reference where, yeah, Robbie looks at him. Like, Sounds well, like you know, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once Miguel lands that first kick, Robbie realized his kid isn't playing. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mm-hmm. did look at it that way, but yeah, that's... uh I'd agree to that. Uh, mm-hmm. I've also noticed the writers give Robbie all the cool flashy moves like flying jump kicks and jumping off walls and backflips. Uh, despite That's true. What the tra- That's yeah, exactly. it, kid, Tanner can do it. That's why. I mean, yeah, it's, oh. it's, I mean, that's the stunt team. But like, t- you know, they've always say Tanner is the best of them. Tanner, Tanner and Jacob. Uh, but, you know, he he can do that. That's why they, they give him that. And, and you can show him doing it as yeah, well. Yeah, you can show you know, him you, doing it. Yeah. It, that, and that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But is Tanner a superhero? <laughs> is he, is, is he <laughs> an insect? <laughs> they were, he was, people were talking about him for something. I forget what it was. Oh, one, one of them. Tanner? Oh, oh, oh. I think people were trying to like fan cast him as a. a was it his was it? Robin? Yeah, yeah, like uh, Jason Todd, Jason Todd uh, version oh, of Robin. Okay, yeah, uh, I I think Jason Todd is the Red Hood, and I think people were saying like he'd be good as the Red Hood, but he's also a little too short to play the Red Hood. But mm. it's you know what, whatever it is, I, I'll watch it. I don't care which version of Robin or <laughs> you know, like I, I watched he's all that you know because because Tanner was in it. Whatever, you're dedicated. Uh, no, well, hey, I also reviewed it, so check that out. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Did you have something? Oh, yeah. That's right. No, there's more. 
yeah. he continues, despite what the trailer showed us, I always knew Miguel was going to kick his ass. Uh, he just had that focus and determination for revenge. So kind of mm-hmm. went to what you were saying, um, uh, Watch Party, about, uh, oh, no, no. Um, I, well, you guys have both said it at different times. Uh, Mark, I think today you said that M- Miguel is more focused, you know, like uh, emotionally yeah. in terms of, you know, emotions too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Did you compare Miguel's attitude in, in his fight with Robbie to Daniel in his fight with Terry Silver, um, in, in the same episode, yeah, like like they the they're almost kind of coming from a similar place, um, like okay, okay, hatred yeah, but, or anger right, at, right. at the other person for what yeah. happened before, yeah, and obviously the outcome is is different, right? But right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I think you're right because uh, the, the um, I, I feel Daniel's internal monologue would be screaming like. Miguel's external, right? Like he mm-hmm. he screams. Right. We get those flashbacks, and we kind of, uh, yeah, I can kind of see the the parallel there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He continues. He just had that focus, determination for revenge. It only took five seasons, but I'm glad they resolved their issues. Uh, they're potentially going to be stepbrothers at this point. Also, I realized the ladies were in Columbus, but shout out to the bar with all the Cleveland memorabilia on the doors. Go Cleveland. Okay, well, It's there, almost there as there. if one of the creators of the show is a big <laughs> Almost. <laughs> almost. It, it, it's almost like he tweets about it sometimes, too, yeah. especially the Browns and, and their record and, and the history and all these things. And his almost brother, too. If, both of them. Right? Who who you know, could possibly work for the Cleveland uh, the Cleveland Browns. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, so thank you, Jay, for that. Uh, Allie comes in with uh, so much is happening this episode. The opening grabs your attention from the first second and sets the tone for the episode. Uh, things I loved about this uh, episode. Number one, Johnny trying and succeeding to unite his boys. Uh, two, Ralph's delivery of the line. You got a trust fund, Raymond? Is this what's going on here? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why I like it, but it's very cutting and uh, time, timed perfectly. Um, also, Mark, she's from your side of the world. Because uh, mm-hmm. so, I know you, you use it in a different context, but both of you guys said cutting, right? So so right. she's talking about him in dialogue. You were talking about him drinking. So I've never heard yeah. that expression. So that was, <laughs> that was actually, when you said that, I was like, I like that. Uh, <laughs> Let's see, two. Oh, so there's two twos. So she had two A and two B. Uh, Johnny talking about Daniel, uh, and especially the line, I don't know who Pandora is or what's in her box. In fact, the whole scene, because uh, these two sharing the scene is awesome, which uh, I did not have it down and, and none of us mentioned it. But uh, oh, we kind of mentioned it, but not when we talked about it. But Johnny goggling, uh, what is it? Circum... What's the term that that he looked up? That uh, Daniel's conflict resolution. Conflict resolution. He goes. Yeah. I'm surprised that you know how to goggle, or even the term that's conflict a, resolution. Yeah, it's also consistent with Johnny zeroing in on the least important part of what's being said, isn't it? <laughs> you know, he's right. he's just yeah. zoned in on this Pandora's box thing, which is like <laughs> really, it's you know, he's distracted by the metaphor and he's missed all of the rest of it. Well, see, here's what happens following this episode. He goggles Pandora's box so he can use it again in episode uh, 10, right? Or is it, yeah, yeah, episode 10, because he, he finally, he uses it correctly, right? Like, haha, yeah. I looked it up. So <laughs> here's the context. Um, I I do, gosh, what was I going to say now? I, I feel, was it about goggling? Oh, 
So the the fact that he is now goggly, do you guys think he was using like Ask Jeeves before? Like what 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 was what was it before? <laughs> if, if, if it wasn't Google, right? Like what's uh Netscape? Like what, what was he using? <laughs> I just so, I think he just didn't use anything or like he, he didn't do it enough to know it, it was, was like its own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Uh I do I'm trying to remember when that movie the interns what's that one the internship the internship right? and okay okay so because they work for google right like if that movie is out in their timeline maybe that's also how he knows about it maybe i don't know i'm just trying to uh, fill in some gaps here maybe it's just that he's picked up on the kind of the cultural thing of referring to it as googling it maybe he wouldn't right. have said you goggling <laughs> at all maybe I look for well, it on the inter- like he's what he's learned that people kind of use this phrase Googled it. Maybe it's that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Googling is like plural. Like I only looked up one thing, so I goggled it. <laughs> uh, uh, number three, Jessica being Amanda's cousin, still climbing and still having beef with uh with Elizabeth and Rooney, which also still making uh mac and cheese. Uh, number four, siblings bonding. Number five, silver versus Daniel. And number six, the bloody knuckles flashback. Fantastic episode. So thank you for that. Um, uh, Amy, uh, Amy S chimes in. It took me many viewings to notice all the car sounds happening while Johnny and Daniel were talking, uh, in the apartment. Ooh, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that now. Basic mm, traffic yeah. horns, honking, a siren. I'm pretty sure it was only when I was watching on my phone that I actually heard all of it. I enjoy that they threw in the outside noises since they were sitting there uh, with the door wide open. Oh, okay. Uh, I also uh, appreciate that during Jessica's flashback recap for Amanda, they reminded us that Mike Barnes was a piece of shit. Uh, he may be reformed and we might all like him now but they didn't brush the fact that he assaulted jessica under the rug um but i i feel that's like she she doesn't know what mike barnes is up to right so so that's her yeah that's so that's her memory and yeah so amy's saying that they're uh reminding us of that but uh but that's that's a good reminder because yeah jessica and uh daniel remembers it differently but now Daniel has met Michael, Mike, Michael, Mike Barnes, and knows that he's reformed. Jessica does it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do like that. Um, uh, Johnny's genuine delight at the waiter, uh, waiter's Olive Garden spiel was lovely. Yes, that's uh, mm-hmm. uh I, I said it earlier. What did he say? It, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 the little nod with a smile. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah I know what he's talking about. And I have never related to anyone more than I do. Uh, the one bar fight mean girl that just threw herself to the ground and held onto Amanda's leg. I feel you, short lady. <laughs> so people like that. that girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hilarious, you know. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Like, what what if we just have one one woman laying down here, grabbing <laughs> her leg? Yeah. Uh, and the last one comes from Anne. Uh, she says, 505 is my favorite season five episode. I love that you used the pick of Daniel peeking through the door. Uh, call back to movies of Daniel walking into the Cobra Kai dojo. So she's talking about the the, the picture I'd used for this thread, uh, calling for feedback. Mm. Let's see. I actually loved uh, Stingray in this, which is a statement I never thought I would make. I loved his line delivery of, now it's about loyalty, discipline, and loyalty. <laughs> So something uh, that you just said. Uh, I love the escape room, but Johnny's saying that Miguel is obviously uh, Chavez. Chavez? 
Chavez, Chavez <laughs> yes, uh, made me yes. cock an eyebrow, but then I loved <laughs> Miguel saying that he saw Young Guns 2 with you, uh, Johnny yes. understand. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I know I saw it with you. So like they <laughs> must see a lot of movies together for Johnny to forget, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny understanding Rosa when he says in Spanish that she screwed up and he assures her that he did it or he did was a nice way to show him picking up the language. Uh, I so didn't see Jessica and Amanda being related. Uh, It's so brilliant. I love that it's Jessica who put Amanda in touch with Daniel. I love the way Daniel with his crazy eyes goads Johnny into a fight and Johnny doesn't fall for it. One of the best La Russo scenes of the series. All (laughs) it needed was a hug at the end. Uh, They probably (laughs) did and they just cut that, you know? Yeah. Um, I loved how Miguel and Robbie resolved their differences, but how did Robbie open the door from the inside? It was off screen, but you could hear the doorknob working uh, when he wasn't shown facing it until the end. Huh. I'm going to have to go back and check that. Uh, I didn't love the Daniel and Terry fight uh, the first time I watched. Yeah, mainly because (laughs) Tig is so clearly skilled over Ralph uh, trying his best, and uh, the fight seemed slower. Uh, it was, mm-hmm. it was, oh, it has uh, grown on me over many repeat viewings, though, and I appreciate the bloody knuckles and that Daniel striking first is his downfall. And then weirdly, I wonder when did Terry have the time to pick up the towel? Uh, Terry kicks the crap out of Daniel, steps on his chest, neck, and then throws down a towel that came from where? Yuji <laughs> uh, confirmed he was the only one who knew where Daniel went and was waiting for him to take take him to the airport. When he didn't show, Chosen went looking, uh, mm-hmm. found him, and took him home instead of a hospital because this is the credit card universe after all. Right, right. That makes sense. <laughs> it's on brand. Uh, the nitpicks with the door and the towel were, o- were only noticed because I watched this particular episode so many times. And that's it. And and caps it off. So very good feedback. Anything you guys want to touch on? Anything she said there? Um, well, didn't Johnny re redo the door after? Because that's when Daniel comes. So that's why Robbie can open it from the inside. I he think probably that's, did at, at that point, right? That's yeah, what we're to assume because yeah, because because you you He's would scraping think, like, the glue off the windows, isn't yeah. it? So it makes sense. He didn't just stop at those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because because when Daniel shows up, he's working on the windows then. But yeah. but uh, yeah. You know, we're we're to assume that. Uh, hold on, sorry, my daughter. There you go. Okay. Just to kind of finish up my thought there. Yeah, we're to assume that Johnny had already fixed other things or what what right. have you by the mm-hmm. time Daniel got there. Yeah. Uh, any other last thoughts? This is definitely. Um, I, I I don't know if I can say it's my favorite episode, but it's definitely one of the best ones. They're all very good. They're all so damn good. They're all really good. Yeah, I do. I you do know? think it's one of the more um, well liked episodes of the season. You know, probably with, probably yeah. maybe in the top three. Um, I mean, Malay's you know, so damn good do. too, man. You know, we yeah. were gushing all over Malay. Mm-hmm. That's oh, such a good episode. Yeah. No, yeah, Malay is really good. Um, well, you Mark, you got any last uh, thoughts on this episode yet. or the comments yeah. for for the series finale here? For you know, I, I hope we get a, you know, I hope we get a, another episode at some point because this was the perfect <laughs> right. ending for me as a terror. No, I think you know, <laughs> firstly apologies to all the people who, you know, found that difficult to watch while I'm sitting there jumping out of my chair. I don't want to get blacklisted by the fandom now for you know for, for <laughs> well, relishing you know, in that. 
just, just, just to throw some other guys uh, uh, under the, the Terry Silver bus slash pool here. You know, uh, shout out to our, our our friends Ken and Drew, who are also big Terry Silver fans. I'm Indeed. sure they're like, yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll find solidarity with those guys. But yeah. no, I just you know, it's it's it. This is, I think, just this was this was very much the kind of culmination for me of of sort of you know evil you're like mm-hmm. you know once once we moved into the whole kind of tournament agenda and stuff like that you know there was a bigger picture here but you know for me for five episodes it, it delivered on on everything hayden promised in that tweet you remember where he said mm-hmm. something along the lines of you know for those of you who ever wondered what would have happened if if you know if he'd won yeah mm-hmm. and, that, and and that's you know that's what i was desperate for and that's what we got in spades and and no more so than than, than in this episode yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. Watch party. Any uh, last uh, thoughts from you? Um, they, it's a good episode. I think uh, there's there's two fights. The two fights are are different and really good. You know, I was like thinking the Miguel and Robbie fight. It's really good in that the pacing of it, how it starts, kind of like they're they're not sure, and then it just gets more and more intense. Uh, yeah. So yeah, great pacing in those fights. Um, oh yeah, great crescendo, yeah, right? Right. You mm-hmm. know, you're just like, oh, okay, all right. So we're getting some more context from from the trailer that we've seen, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, the the whole yeah, it just escalates so quick. And, good, and uh, um, good, yeah. good, good reveal with Crease at the end. They did a good job of you know keeping him away for almost five episodes, and then he shows up at the end of this one. Um, you know, didn't expect Tori and Crease to be working together, and, and you know, we'll get more into that next one, but um. Like I, I didn't think you know Tori was going to work with Crease, but now, now knowing this, looking back through it, um, like she probably first went and saw him, and I think I talked about this in the in the episode, like in in episode three, when episode three was going on, so Tori was probably the first time she went and saw Crease, and they hatched this plan. So, um, yeah, yeah, really it, like it kind of. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of fills in some you know i've been saying this expression like yeah it fills in some of the gaps from the previous episodes oh that right. you know maybe that's why she was acting this way or right. this is why she said yeah, that yeah in and, the why she broke up with robbie in the robbie, previous episode yep. or, exactly or he, yeah. he 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 refused to leave cobra kai well now we know it wasn't yeah it wasn't just some dedication to cobra kai it was more specific it was decreased and they had this plan in place Right. Absolutely. So, uh, Mark, you know, I, I, I hope there's another season six or episode, you know, that, <laughs> Listen, you know if you hear anything about uh, anything that happened after this, please let me know. I'm, I'm very I'll keep it to your way. Yeah. You'll, you'll be the first I tell. Yeah. You'll be the first I tell. <laughs> Uh, but uh, for people that you know, I, I, I'm sure everybody that that listens to this follows you. But for those that want to check out your amazing posters, because I challenged you to to a new one, and if they want to hold you to it, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. So you can find me um, um, largely on Instagram and Twitter, and the handle's the same. It's at Let's Be Water. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And watch party. What about you? And do you have anything that you're working on uh, released recently that people can check out? Um, well, I'm obviously on YouTube, Watch Party, and Twitter and Instagram, Watch Party One. Um, not actually working on um, a video at the moment, although I wanted to, and I wanted to do get another stream in, but um, been been focused on some other stuff. But I will get back to it hopefully very soon. Um, okay, so. yeah, and and for me, uh, just you know, I, I have mentioned in previous episodes, if you know, for the longtime uh, listeners and um, 
you know, I, around this time, it gets crazy busy uh, for me at work. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was mentioning to these guys off mic, I feel I'm pretty sure it was off mic that, yeah, my days have been as early as 6 a.m. and, and finishing at like 10 p.m. Uh, so just uh, crazy hours. Uh, and, you know, we'll get to the next review as, as soon as we can. Uh, you know, again, we've already dated this episode with the talk about the uh, World Cup. But uh, mm-hmm. but also, you know, happy holidays for those that may not hear our voices uh, before the holidays that are coming up here in December and the end of the year. Um, and for me, you know, I am uh, working on expanding the the companion network is what is what I'm calling it, and uh, you know for those that don't know, I hosted a movie podcast called Postalgic, but I recently started a YouTube channel for Postalgic where I will be uh, putting video interviews and uh, previous interviews I've done for Postalgic on there. So it'll be like just the audio ones, and so you know for those that want to check that out, you'll you kind of hear my my journey as uh, you know interviewing some some of these stars leading up to where I started, you know, Cobra Kai. So mm-hmm. uh with some new stuff. So so that's uh their uh pod nostalgic just to play on the word nostalgic with uh the word podcast. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. I do have a Instagram and Twitter as well, but obviously more so active on the Cobra Kai companion. So thanks uh for the two gentlemen to uh to join me for this epic episode. And uh until the next episode, I don't need a bat for you, Tramp Stamp. good one thank you by the way for your fandom you've been great man you've been along for the ride the whole time you've been cheering us on you really get into it you get the fans engaged. So right. you being here is, is, is important, and we really, really appreciate you, man. Thank so you. Keep up the good work. This is part of the Companion Network.